Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another instalment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and Weird Geeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the film's referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! Geeks! <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. Right now we're dealing with our first Versus series going Versus. through all the... <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, going through all the 80 slashes that have had remakes made, we are on a penultimate films, guys. Woo-hoo! And then, of course, the wrap-up challenge ready to get out. You can see that exit sign. She's running towards it like a knife-wielding clown is <laughs> chasing her. Oh, God. In my dreams, it's no always the clowns. clowns. I'm going to be talking about clowns in a second, actually. We're talking about April Fool's Day this week, the original from 1986 and the remake from 2008. If you're new to us, hello, welcome. I'm your host, Al White, and I'm joined by Katie Watson. What up? And Shannon Hollander. Hey. And you... (laughs) That was creepy. Is that your sexy voice? Because that's a creepy voice. She's very reluctant into her villain character. Yeah. She's chopped mm. all her hair off. She's ready. That's that was my well, sexy yeah, voice. That's not villains sexy. Villains have to be creepy and sexy. Well, yeah, don't they? yeah. That's the problem with villains. Have you 100%. ever seen Poison Ivy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sadly, <laughs> you bring. Oh, you're, you're meaning like Poison Ivy? Oh, okay. Yes. What? <laughs> I'm thinking of there was like a 90 series called Poison Ivy about some young girl who would come in and like destroy families essentially. Get, <laughs> and it was a whole fucking franchise. Get, get that was current, terrible. Al. Come on. <laughs> I would not reference that. I'm definitely referencing. <laughs> The more well-known Poison Ivy. What's going on? Uh, yes, if you're new, please head over to weirdgeeks.com, weirdgeeks.com, where you can patch out to all of our social medias. You can also learn all about the who we are and what our faces look like, maybe. Ooh, mine looks real good. You can listen to all of our... Pr- Shannon's <laughs> looks all current and... Shannon just got a haircut, right? so she's all happy. Right, I feel real good about myself today. You should, everyone Excellent. should convince Let's Shannon do to shave about a section of her hair off. Because it would look badass. A section. I mean, well, not yeah, all like of what it. section? <laughs> just like, like a little side. teeny tiny patch yeah, in the back. Yeah, in the Ooh, back let's would do be a great. Bald spot right in the middle. <laughs> it's like a reverse. What do you call it? Mullet. Oh, you there you go. Get real short in the back, and then all the fronts really long. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> then like Sadako at the front. Yeah, kind of like the haircut in the remake of April Fool's Day that the lead actress has. Oh yeah, yeah, the old like, Kate. Ooh. The whole John Kate. and Kate yeah. plus eight haircut. Yeah. That's some um, fashion in that film. Oh, yeah. Um, only 10 years old, guys. 10 years old. That's come disturbing. Away. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. while you're on weirdgeeks.com, please do head over to your iTunes, head to your podcast, type in weirdgeeks, find us, subscribe to us, rate us. It's the only way you can help us out because we don't do patrons, we don't do banner ads, and we're not going to try and sell you any haircuts or... Mm-hmm vape gear oh yeah definitely no vape gear you guys should not be vaping it's yeah, really bad for you and it also and makes you look really stupid for my eyesight oh it's the <laughs> yeah. worst mm-hmm. it's so bad right as i sit here 
I, have to, I just shut the fucking windows. I, I'm, living, I'm in this Airbnb and people just like hang out outside it and just smoke all the time. And it drives me crazy because it also gets quite hot in here. So then I'm, I'm to open all the windows and close them all. You should pour water out on their heads and then they'll stop. Yeah. Interesting. And then just go, April Fool's. Ah. <laughs> 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 you can get away with anything if you say that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we are nearly, we nearly timed us right, by the way, because I tried to do this. It's hard enough to schedule the year. But if we had done Mother's Day as was planned... April Fool's Day would have been a week later, and we would have been nearly on April Fool's Day what? when the podcast came out, which would have been great. Now we're a little early. It's, whatever, too, deal it's with too on the nose. You know, yeah. we wanted to do it this You got to prepare mm-hmm. people for April Fool's Day, not just like That's true. have it happen. Well, we get, we're letting them know what to and what not to watch. So on april fool's day yeah we'll tell you more about us and how you can uh, do our personal social medias and whatever we're creating at the end of the podcast but before we get into the films we're going to be chatting about as we pitch them off against each other and then we look into shannon's good old bingo card of what she'd stereotypically decide should or shouldn't be in a slasher film yeah we're gonna look at the year that was so 1986 that's when april fool's day came out someone has a top 10 I grossing do. films that's a that's a shannon job yeah she looks eager uh well because 1986 it's whoop a great whoop. year whoop whoop, whoop it's whoop. the year that birthed both shannon and i mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. welcome world yep shannon wants to edit it now for yeah. you want to clap you right please, now <laughs> could you please edit that out thank you thank you very much thank <laughs> you um please nobody do the math i am 22 that's what i play leave me the fuck alone <laughs> I am playing my real age because I am not an actress. <laughs> I'm right. allowed to be me. <laughs> this is now the only place where my birth date has been mentioned publicly, like the year. So this is, if somebody really were to find this out, like whenever I'm famous years from now, that's a, that's a pretty stellar deep dive, I feel like. Then you earned it. Yeah. Well, with your haircut, you can still this play is. high school. <laughs> Yeah, this is beloved fan public law. That's there you go. <laughs> doing great, there guys. Our listenership is huge. <laughs> your your entire life is now ruined. <laughs> Don't post my birth year. Thank you. <laughs> I wonder how much how much our listenership has increased since Al's like been doing more social stuff with your film. Oh, because I, I feel I feel like um, we have a lot of new listeners just from that we have some new friends for yeah. sure and if you are new to us hi well, new hi. friends Thank you. We don't post it. my birth year <laughs> yeah be shannon's friend and don't post things um, she's gotten just very stabby just keep your life private i wouldn't and risk it <laughs> she doesn't Shannon, fully comprehend the idea the behind 10. april fool's day so she might actually murder you and then just say yeah. april fool's day a hundred percent a hundred percent as james likes this i get stabby when i'm angry so you know watch out Walk us through these films that I was not yet born for. Wow. Very, wow. Yeah, sure. Wow. We're going that. Okay. Let's go. Take me uh, through. I'm sorry. Someone's birthday is coming up very I want to imagine the soon. time. <laughs> Anywho, the top 10 of 1986. We're going we're gonna to start off the top 10 right with a, a little film called Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, shit. What? Yeah. Bueller. Bueller. I mean, yes. It's gonna I always wanted him to do a sequel just called Ferris Bueller's Day On, and he's just like really busy. He doesn't have time for shen- shenanigans <laughs> that day because there's like a lot a expected of him. He's a lawyer or something and is like, <laughs> yeah. has a presentation he's got to work on. 
Sloan and every time is someone's like his like, secretary that's useless. <laughs> he's like trying to set different little, you know, like his his bedtime sort of uh, gadget thing with like pulley systems and stuff. But he gets halfway through setting something up and someone's got another job and he's like, oh, man. God damn it. <laughs> he's just got to keep God going. God damn it. And what's his face? The, uh, the whiny guy is Cameron. just... Cameron. Cameron, that's it. That's He's it. He's the best. Cameron is, just keeps he calling him up to complain about and like. <laughs> yeah. And every you time know. he hangs and up with them, the he's like, desk. he just keeps calling me. God. He's just going right. to keep calling and calling. And calling. It'll and basically call. be like a really dry office space. Yeah. 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 One that's like, there's no hope in. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Great. So then number nine, ruthless people. I've never heard I've of that. I've never heard of this. <laughs> what? I am familiar with it ish but i can't like it sounds familiar to me but i can't remember it but i can tell you one i can remember the golden child oh jesus that gets number eight yeah that is number eight the golden child which is very surprising (laughs) that is a crazy fucking movie that was a crazy crazy movie all i remember is like a winged animated yeah. creature flying after Eddie Murphy driving. Yeah, <laughs> it was past. such a weird, like Eddie Murphy and like Zen Kid. Very strange. Yep. Uh, but I remember it's kind it of, was it's, one of those movies that like used to like play on TV a bunch whenever I was a kid. So I feel like I've seen that movie right. in the background at least a dozen times. <laughs> it's like an urban Indiana Jones. It's like yeah. not, not urban as an urban, like urbanite, like suburban city, you know, space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, number seven back to school i don't know what that is i've heard of it but number six i don't don't know any of these films (laughs) well you know this one the karate kid part two whoa my goodness not as good as one that is true colon wax off motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) number five star trek the voyage home I don't know any. I mean, I don't like Star Trek. Yeah, so I don't, know don't any of these ever Star Trek let movies. James hear you say that. As much as I love space, I've just never gotten into Star Trek. No, I really don't like it. Don't. Like it's too. It's all about the tech. It's the opposite yeah. of what I like. It's what I always say. It's like why I like Star Wars is it's an adventure film that just happens to be in space, whereas Star Trek is a sci-fi film that takes place yeah. in space, and I'm not interested in that. Go watch Cowboy Bebop. It's, it's too fantastic. nerdy. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a fucking western that yeah. takes place in space. Yeah. It's real oh, life. Yeah. Like Firefly, which you it's hate. Like what's actually going to happen. Yeah. What? Who hates Firefly? Me, girl. Katie hates Firefly. You want to come over here, talk about it? Which is basically the Cowboy Bebop live action TV show. Wow. wow. I seriously okay. beg to differ. So uh, <laughs> Katie and I are no longer friends. And Whatever. That's fine. I converted you on Frasier, so that's maybe fine. you can try and convert me on this. There you go. There you go. I'll convert you on Firefly. Let's see. Moving on. Number four. We have Platoon. Yeah. It's a good movie. Uh, it is a good movie. The The top three is pretty great. We got at number three, Aliens. Woo! I mean, it's a pretty good movie. At we number two. This one. Didn't we? Did we? No, we didn't. No, 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 no. Yeah, we did Predator, so we did some we did Aliens. aliens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did the good one, Alien versus Predator. The other. Not Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. And then number two, Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> oh, more money than aliens. More money Fuck. than aliens uh, by like a Fuck. lot. It's almost double the money of aliens. I mean, I guess yeah. that makes sense. It was like fish out of water stories were very knife. big at that point. This yeah. is a knife. A dingo ate Perfect my baby. <laughs> <laughs> How, can we insult Fuck. Australia anymore? 
I just really? watched that Seinfeld episode where Elaine's like, maybe the dingo ate shell baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love how much her character is just getting so much satisfaction out of herself. Yep. yep. Uh, so what was number one? Number one, Top Gun. Oh, Oh. My God. Best volleyball scene so still, of all time. They're yeah. still trying to do that sequel, aren't they? They are. Which sort of coming and going. Uh, they are, which stars... Um, oh, what's his face? Is it Lewis Pullman, the guy that I liked from Bad Times at the El Royale, who's great? Hmm. He's just going to keep singing. <laughs> danger Zone. <laughs> Highway to the Danger Zone. Everyone's spicy today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I presume it's the April Fool's. It's getting everyone excited. Yeah, we're all very excited. Very Not excited. Not putting off talking about it at all. Yeah, very excited. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. You're welcome. For uh, that illuminating update. Katie Watson, do you have a few of the horror films that came out in 1986? I'm guessing there's going to be quite a few slashes. There are quite a few slashers. You are correct. Mm, weird. We are going to mesh with Shannon's list in only one, which is Aliens. We also have Chopping Mall, which I've watched with Al, and it is pretty wonderful. I highly recommend. Yeah. It is technically a slasher film, but I don't see it as a slasher film. It's robots in a mall that robot <laughs> are security highly guards. strong and start taking <laughs> start taking out the teenagers who are partying and having sex. Pretty in great. The, oh, in that the does kind of sound great. It's really good. I mean, they're like having sex in the furniture stores and things like that and then getting murdered. It's wonderful. And then you find out about halfway through the film that the robots are equipped with lasers, which they just seem to make up at one point. Of like, oh yeah, also lasers. <laughs> they haven't <laughs> used them until that point. It's fucking crazy. That's amazing. Pretty great. Uh, we also have Critters, which is oh Kansas-based yep. hometown oh. love. We'll get to we'll get to Home Critters at some point. Love. They're enjoyable. Are there fun. any Missouri-based horror movies? I did a list of the best horror film representing each state in America. <clears throat> which I haven't actually posted, so I'll dig through that. I'll find out for you which one, Thank I, you. Which one I chose for Missouri. Thank you very much. You're Thank welcome. you. We have um, a little film that we've actually already covered in one of our retrospectives, Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. <gasps> Sorry, that's the turning point. It becomes turning a zombie point. from then on. I oh. love Jason zombie. Yep. Pre that, not a zombie, Shannon. Gotcha. This is important Jason law. Okay. Six onwards, zombie. I mean, gotcha. we have a very iconic sounding slasher film in henry portrait of a serial killer well this is a big one again some people call it slasher i don't it's one of those it's like maniac is one of those you know you're you're with a real sort of serial killer sort of person it's more of a site and it is it's a very well-made well it's a well-made um psychological film some people love this movie it's actually the breakthrough performance for um oh god what's his name i hate him i don't like him that does not narrow it down i am me yeah he's the guy in more rats Ben Affleck? <laughs> no, the older guy. Michael ben Rooker. He's then in Walking oh. Dead. Is that Michael Rooker? Oh. What's his name? All right. Is that what I mean? I don't know. Michael, I don't no. know. Hang on. Yeah, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. You know, like the, the guy from Walking Dead that's like the baddie at the beginning. This guy. Yeah. Oh. oh. You don't like that guy? Oh, no. I think he's a terrible actor. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, but he, he is in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he's yeah. fine in Guardians of the Galaxy because I think they use him in the right way. Yeah. Um, and I do think he puts a decent performance into that role. He's actually, very in the good second at one whistling in, in Guardians of the Galaxy. He is. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, no, he's all right. But I think, he's, I think he's very bad in most films. And I don't like him in Henry, but I appreciate why people do like him. Yeah. But this is, that's the film that he became famous from. Gotcha. Henry. Moving on. I just, I just think he's very like, 
typed. Like he can do one sort of thing. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. There's something about his voice that just really well, great. His face well, is on a constant grimace. Like he can't be yeah. the good guy. He should come see me. I'm a voice teacher extraordinaire. If you're listening, Michael Ricker, and you've made it through me just calling you a terrible actor, then right? please go then like seek and, out uh, my services because mm-hmm. clearly your career is not doing very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have The Hitcher. Fantastic film. We're just burning bridges Boy. everywhere, aren't we? Uh, oh, yeah. 100%. Sorry. I'm actually the, very concerned. I'm going to get cast in something with Jamie King, and she's going to come back and hear <laughs> how, but like, somehow it's going to come out and it's going to be a problem, and everyone's going to be upset. <laughs> and then she's going to cry in front of you when she's yeah. upset. She 100%. Is. And then uh, I'll be like, I laid awake the other well done. <laughs> I laid awake the other night because I'm in a really bad sleep pan and uh, your brain goes crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was really suddenly just paranoid about everything I've ever said on a podcast. And if you ever are lucky enough, your careers to go like really well, like, yeah, the stuff people will go back and they go, oh, they said this one sentence and they'll call me out on it. And I was just like, you know what? If that fucks up my career, I'm happy for it too. Because you know, I stand by most things that I've said. Yeah. And many things we say in jokey ways. So well, let's if just- people can't take it then I don't want to be a part of that system. Let's just make a pact with your audience right now that like this is a safe space and you know the things that we say here on um, (laughs) the open wide internet should like just stay between us. I think a pact has to at least have a response from the other party and I feel like you're just screaming into a void at the moment. I can sense that they're into it. Sorry, Katie. No, we'll it's fine. For your list. You guys, we we really don't want to talk about April Fool's Day. My list. Can you say that film one more no, time? No, I'm done. The Hitcher. You said the one of the Hitcher. one of the best midnight it's movies of all time. Freaking great film. It really is. I mean, that's a fantastic film. We have Poltergeist Two: The Other Side, yeah. followed by Psycho Three. Not a fan. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two. You can hear this on a. Texas Chainsaw Massacre retrospective. Vroom, this vroom, is vroom. the one with Bill Mosley and <laughs> the one with the legendary scene of Leatherface for about five to ten minutes grinding his chainsaw into a bath of ice full of beers with a girl in short shorts spread legged in front of him screaming. And then they literally just get into a whole scene where he's basically having sex with her with the chainsaw. And it's very weird, but without him actually like hurting her. It's very, very... It's the weirdest surreal scene. Shannon's face so wildly makes it all worth it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, Allie, yeah. Allie laughed a lot. Uh-uh. <laughs> Shannon uh-uh. cannot handle Texas Chainsaw. No. Oh, no. Not no. Oh, in no, 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 any no, no. world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, no. Or you no, would no. just never sleep again. Or be Great. alone. Great. Uh, okay. We have Troll. <laughs> oh. Troll 2 is, is famously like the worst film of all time. I have seen Troll 2. James made me watch I like Troll you really? Hunter. <laughs> Troll Hunter's great. It is pretty fantastic. That, yeah, I mean, yes. That's one word for it. It's kind of like The Room. It's up there with The Room as yeah. the worst films ever made that people enjoy going to see and throw things at. Yeah, there's actually a documentary about it. There is indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Look at you knowing your troll law. Yeah, but that <laughs> is just James Haggie trying to torture me. <laughs> um, and then the end, to wrap it up, we have The Fly. Ooh. Oh, old Goldblum. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty great. <coughs> Thank you very much. Right? The Fly. Yeah, no worries. Anytime, Sorry? you guys. Yeah, David Cronenberg. Is that yeah. his movie? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's a, and it's a remake. 
so yeah we're into a lot of sort of body horrors come along there's some creature features and slasher films um because to be clear by 1986 it was still going to peak slashes but it was going to be more sequels like the real boom was 1980 through like 1984 and then you're getting a lot later in 70 uh, 87 and 88 and then it died off completely until scream brought it back for a small amount of time so we're dealing with April Fool's Day's 1986. Uh, not a lot of prelude to this one. Uh, gets a 6.2 out of 10 on the IMDb. Directed by Fred Walton, who had directed uh, When a Stranger Calls, the original one, which is pretty cool. He also, later on in his career, apparently did so badly that he did the TV sequel When a Stranger Calls Back. Uh, which That's amazing. A upsetting. I got to meet the lead uh, actress from the remake of When a Stranger Calls. Oh, did I you? Did. She's very nice. I like the remake. People hate it, but I really like it. I don't think, I don't know um, if she appreciated or how she felt about me knowing her from that film, but she <laughs> seemed fine. <laughs> we got written by Danilo Bach, who uh, wrote Beverly Hills Cop, speaking of Eddie Murphy 80s movies. Yes. Produced by Frank Mancuso Jr. Hey, Katie, we've talked about this guy before. Done Friday 13th Part 2, Friday 13th Part 3, Friday 13th Part 4, 5 seven did went on to do cool world did oh, the damn. species franchise that's all him one two three and four remember species could anything be more 90s than, than the film franchise species uh did stigmata and produced and i i i had to double check this i <laughs> produced the april fool's day remake oh wow okay yeah which is surprising yeah DP'd by charles minsky who would go on to do pretty woman uh ah. you me and dupree and is the stalwart for all of the day films. So he does like Valentine's Day, New Year's Eve, Mother's Day, gotcha. all of those, you know, those schmaltzy ones, not the horror ones. <laughs> Music by Charles Bernstein, who did Cujo and did A Nightmare on Elm Street. Did like the classic theme oh, wow. to A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, starring Amy Steele as Kit. Katie, don't know if you remember this lady. Of course I remember this lady. Are you kidding me? There you go. Iconic. She won nearly all of our Jason, awards for the best final Jason. girl in the entire Friday 13th series. She's from Friday 13th Part 2. She's the final girl in that film. I don't uh, know This what, film was a few years later. Wardrobe, I don't know what wardrobe did to her in this, but we'll talk about that. I don't know what their, their goal with this character was, but I don't think they accomplished it. I like it when she just suddenly, the like things are going really badly. We're going to get to it. She suddenly just turns up with a tie. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so bad. You're like, when did you decide to do that? <laughs> they were, it's like they ran out of girls' clothes in wardrobe and they were like, just put it, just put her in this really baggy stuff. Just put her in all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, she was very awkwardly costumed. Yeah. Ugh. We got Jay Baker as Harvey. We got Pat Barlow as Clara. Deborah Foreman as Muffy Buffy. Deborah Goodrick as Nikki. Mike Nomad as Buck. We've got Ken Oland as Skip. He's been in Leprechaun. Mm. Uh, we've got Clayton Rona as Chaz. He's been in a whole bunch of stuff, but recently a lot of Ozark. Do you, have you checked him out? Go on IMDb and check out what Clayton looks like now, because I don't watch Ozark. I know you do, I don't, Katie. What, I don't... Who, which one was he? Just type it. Go on IMDb and type it in, because it, yeah. sur- it might surprise you. I don't, know, remember, I don't remember who we're talking about. Who's Chaz? Chaz is oh, fuck man I'm forgetting I know, it's a lot. I know there's now. a lot of characters in this movie there are here I'm just gonna Chaz from April <laughs> is Chaz her like boyfriend guy no that's Rob never mind yeah yeah that's Rob 
Um, hang on. Clayton Roner. Oh, he's the he's the film dude. Oh, 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 oh yeah, the one who I said looked like Timothy Oliphant. Yes, I he's one of my favorites in this yes. movie. I loved him. Have you seen him though? Now though, look at him. Yeah, he looks very different. He's a distinguished o- <laughs> older man. Yeah, it was cool. He doesn't have any current pictures on his IMDb. He does. Yeah, he does. I'm looking at it. Okay, we'll go to April Fool's Day and then link through to him because he's got loads. And then we've got Lloyd Berry as Ferryman and Thomas F. Wilson yes. as Arch. Biff! Biff himself from all of the Back to the Futures. Uh, we started this um, and I was like, well, oh my God, it's that guy. What is he? What is he? Oh, who is he? <laughs> I had oh, to look nice. it up. <laughs> look at you, Clayton Roner. You got, he's like sexy old man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he looks cool, right? He's a yeah. silver fox. I mean, I didn't expect anything kind of like less from his hair. Like he worried eyes. Yeah. My favorite picture on IMDb is the one of him with a surfboard. <laughs> it's really good. The yellow one. Oh yes. <laughs> it's oh so good. yes. He looked uh, like I he picked want... it up on the beach and was like, "Stupid kids leaving their shit around." <laughs> Budgeted at five million dollars. His hair's not uh, even wet in that photo. Why does he have a surfboard? <laughs> what story are you trying to tell me? Uh, that is a great headshot. Uh, grossed at $13 million. Uh, so it did pretty well. And we're talking, again, some quality people in this. We have Fred Dalt- Walton as a director, a, a writer who did Beverly Hills Cop, the producer who did all the Friday 13th movies pretty much, a DP who did Pretty Woman, a music from a person who did Nightmare on Elm Street. We've got Amy Steele, who's pretty much horror, uh, well, yeah, not quite horror gold, but you know she is from Friday 13th Part 2, very beloved. And we've got Biff... There's a lot of talent involved in this film. And in 1986, it should be said there were three films that took place on April Fool's Day. There was also a demonic film called Killer Party, which I haven't seen. Oh, I've heard um, of that film now. Definitely heard of it. And a film called Slaughter High, which I have seen. And I actually rewatched uh, today just for, to prepare for this because, again, I'm that crazy person. It's weird. It's like it is a proper slasher film and it's like a mix between Prom Night uh, it's mixed between like three things we've watched Ro- House on Sorority Row and Prom Night it's like a bunch of kids pull a sex prank in a Porky's kind of style on the nerd of the school and it goes on for about 20 minutes setting it up until they like another prank then burns him and they think he's dead or something and then uh, he comes back as a guy with, with sort of part of the costume from the killer from House on Sorority Row he's got like a clown um, not a clown what do you call it a jester hat mm. and face mask and stuff on it's pretty decent i know some people really like this movie I, it's not the humor of it's not really for me i find the characters are too over the top and porkies um but it's it's decent it's fine um but they changed their name because paramount put this one out isn't it yeah uh paramount uh, went and copyrighted april fool's day for this movie so no one else could use it and it's weird because when you're watching slaughter high they actually have a song kind of like the prom night song but not disco that's using the words April, it's April Fools. And she's uh, like singing the title again and again because they clearly thought the film was going to be called April Fools Day. That's, yeah, that's amazing. It's called Insert Holiday Here. Right. Because it's prom night, prom night, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. Can you imagine if they brought out like the Halloween remake, which is like, it's Halloween, everything's spooky. We love disco. Um, and they shot in Canada's British Columbia. Again, to be clear, you two hadn't seen this film before. 
Um, I've seen it a few times. And it's one of the things I love about doing this series, particularly with Shannon, because Shannon has no idea about what films are like. My Bloody Valentine is held so sacred in the horror community, and you had no idea when going in, so you just judge them without 100%. that sort of burden of expectation, as it were. But yeah, I will say, like I said last week, I was looking forward to this one because I hadn't seen it in quite some time, but I did remember when I started doing my slasher lists, this was one. Like whenever I do my slasher list, I'm looking through loads and you're trying to find those hidden gems and you're never going to find a Halloween or something like that, obviously, the masterpieces everyone knows about. But mostly what you're going to find are a bunch of fun, enjoyable movies to watch. Yeah. But I'm always looking for something that's a bit above that, you know, something that's got some ideas or artistic slant to it some of this little special and it's really shocking how few of those there are in the hundreds and hundreds of slash films that i've seen <laughs> um, but i used to feel that i was definitely this was one of those um, and it is how it's held in the horror community there are the people who really hate it just because of the ending like it pissed so many horror fans <laughs> off i'm sure but then many of them when they came back then could appreciate it for what it was there's the a lot name, of people who really fucking love yeah really loved this film a lot of people really fucking love it um and it was iconic in the 80s because of its poster which is this great image mm -hmm. of this dinner party and then um muffy's back and her hair is plaited into a hangman's noose mm -hmm. um behind her back and it's very iconic and cool anyway so we open with a paramount image but it's in this small window which i found interesting like window framing mm -hmm. and it's because we're about to go into found footage which I remember the first time I watched this shocked the hell out of me. I don't know about you guys, but I was like, in the 80s, you didn't get found footage stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't know that, but I was surprised that it, we started with, with found footage because I was like, oh, I didn't think that was a thing until like the 90s, 2000s, things like that. But here it is, April Fool's Day, 1986. You did, yeah, you did get it, but it was very rare. Like Cannibal Holocaust was the, arguably the originator. But yeah, it definitely gives this a different feel. And what's cool about it is so we're introduced to all these characters. Muffy owns an island and it's spring break. Well, uh, they own the whole a, island? I think they own... Yeah, yeah. that's what they say. I think it's really? her family. Yeah. They say Muffy owns it's her island, is what they say right at the beginning. Well, it's her family's well, it's her island. Family's. Her family's yeah. island. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Because she doesn't... Sure. Yeah, as we'll find out later. But we're not, we're not going to meet her family. And no. we're going to learn much later that her mother's dead and all this stuff, so... But anyway, it's spring break. There's a bunch of kids who are going, are waiting for a ferry to go over to their friend Muffy's Island uh, for April Fool's Day slash spring break. And yeah, we have this sort of mechanic of one guy's the film dude and he's filming everybody. So you get this introduction to people in, in quite an organic way, which I like actually. So you very quickly get caught up on, hey, okay, we're going to our friend's island. It's yes. spring break. You get to meet uh, everyone and also find out that everyone fucks on the first day. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. You're learning the characteristics of people. Well, like the girl who's pretending to be nice. Yeah. It's like, I want to work with handicapped children. I went to convent, yeah. uh, convent, convent school. Convent. Convent school. Convent. convent. School. Thank you. Convent. Words are hard. Uh, and yeah, I fuck on a first date. Yeah. So we're learning who's who. Uh, and then we meet Biff from Back to the Future. And lead girl from Friday the 13th part two, but she's too cool to chat. Yeah. She's looking at the water. So we immediately know final girl. Yeah. Because she's not going to take place. Right. But yeah, I like this intro. It's nice and simple and it sets things up. And then what I really like is that we then get an expansion of the frame as we then cut to not a found footage shot, a regular shot of a mannequin getting dragged along by Muffy in her basement as she's setting up the party. And as she drags the mannequin, it literally pushes the frame to widescreen. 
Mm. Uh, oh yeah, which that's right. I really fucking mm-hmm. liked. And for me, again, like recalling the first time I watched this and watching it now, for me, it immediately sets up. Okay, these are people who know how to tell a story, and it's a director who has some ideas. Which, as I've said in previous episodes, that's they're the stuff that I'm looking for. And we've got familiar faces, so I'm just like, okay, these are actors who can act. Um, yeah, which I'm, I'm liking the collection of people, which is rare when you have this varied of a cast. I think because there's a lot of people, even just on the ferry. And then you, yeah, then cut to her, uh, Muffy, which you're introducing her in a very interesting way. So right on board so far. I do think there's, I do think there's just too many people. I think there's maybe one or two people too many. Yeah. Yeah. It gets a little confusing at times. It's hard to keep track of. Yeah. Yeah. Especially later on, Shannon and I were both like, wait, who's sleeping with who? Like we couldn't, uh, we thought we knew who was supposed to be coupling up and then it kind of shifts. And we're like, why isn't that guy mad? I thought he was, that was his girlfriend. And it's just kind of muddy. They seem a pretty incestuous yeah. bunch. It's like the big chill or Peter's friends or mm-hmm. like it's. Well, I think they're which, meant which to I be like giving vibe. the vibe of like privileged kids who don't like really value relationships for right. the most part. Yeah. 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 And they're all at that turning point when they're about to go off into the real world and trying to figure out what to do with their lives. Um, so they're a tiny bit older than is the norm for a slasher film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Muffy's, so she's, she's in a basement and there's great little things throughout this film where they do set up stuff. Like she's actually uh, propping the window down there open. We see it for, for later. Obviously her moving with the mannequin lets you know, okay, something's going to happen with that. She picks up this jack in a box and we have this very weird flashback to her as a kid yeah. with the family giving it to her. And that's when the title card comes up, mm-hmm. which definitely lets you know, okay, this is an integral moment. Mm-hmm. And then her family laughing at her as this monster pops out to right. check in the box. They seem really supportive. So, yeah. <laughs> Just like how to create a monster 101. So yeah, her birthday's April Fool's Day. Now, again, I, I've seen this film a bunch, so it's very hard for me to judge it fresh. What I want to with you guys is from this intro, from seeing Muffy with that flashback and the mannequin, are you immediately keying? Are you thinking, okay, Muffy's actually going to be the killer? Or where's your headspace going into that? Oh, I immediately was like, okay, we're setting up Muffy as the killer, as the 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 big bad. Cause, and she even says like to the maid or whatever, things about how like this weekend is going to be one they'll never forget. And, you know, just all of those like foreshadowing lines. So yeah, I was immediately in that camp. Yeah, I didn't know that if it was going to be her particularly but or if it was that she was going to set up a prank and then things were going to go awry in another way but Mm -hmm. yeah she's definitely put herself into a conspicuous situation so yeah so i I want you guys to keep like i want to definitely know when you guys trigger with certain things because it's very hard to know now watching Mm -hmm. this film for me so i'm intrigued with how it plays completely fresh eyes so the ferry turns up which is fucking this is a big ferry so big (laughs) yeah it is And it's, but it's just, it's feeling more just the way it's shot. It's paced or at the beginning, it feels more like an adult movie, um, Mm -hmm. which is refreshing. I'm not going to say it's got Halloween levels of sort of elegance to it, but it feels like a proper film. Mm -hmm. I will Uh, also say that I only got through the first chapter or first two chapters of this book. (laughs) Oh, yes. I had a crazy week, but it, it, like, for the most part, the characters were the same in the book wonderfully written if you ever want to read it not soap opera-y at all but it it like paints it 
as Rob, her blonde from Friday the 13th, Kit's boyfriend mm-hmm, in it. Rob, she, she's boyfriend, I'm gonna technically, call like in the book, she's waiting on him before the fairy is about to leave. And the ferryman is like, we have to go now. She's like, he'll be here in just a second. He had to hitch to get here because he doesn't have money. And so uh. she and everyone else is like, forget him, forget him. Like, he'll figure it out. And they're making fun of the fact that he's poor. And then when he does show up, you get like a little space into what he's doing. And he they insinuate that the woman who's giving him a ride, that they've just had sex and that she paid for his hotel room and then gave him a ride and then drops him off and is like, hey, why don't we be like basically is saying we can get another hotel room for the night. And he's like, no, no, no. And in his head, he's like, I should really be more faithful to my girlfriend. <laughs> and is like, I need to save some energy for Herb, essentially. Oh, my God. That's she, amazing. So he's meant to be this super good looking. So he's, sl- he's sleeping his way to yeah. get to his girlfriend. So he's he's got to sleep his way to get to his sleeping girlfriend. Sleeping his way there. Yeah. So they're painting him as a much more promiscuous character. So yeah, we should say there was an there was an original script which they shot um, a lot of it, and then what you're talking about is actually a novelization that was based on that original yeah, script. It's based on they the then screenplay. reshot a bunch, so it actually has a whole different ending that book and the original script, oh, which we'll get to at the end. Interesting. So yeah, Chad's who I'm just going to be calling Camera Boy, or now Surfer Dude, maybe, <laughs> but that's his real life, and Biff. They go and hit on this new girl who's turned up. She's very bookish and with tons and tons of luggage because we're going to find out she brought a fucking library with her to this right? island. Amazing. She has so much work to do. She has so much work to do because she's a drama major. <laughs> this makes no sense. <laughs> I and was a drama so major. Let me tell you, I didn't need to bring books anywhere. <laughs> she's just going to be annoyed the entire time at everyone having fun because 100%. she's trying to what's read. Really, what's What's interesting is that all these people know Muffy, but they don't necessarily all know each right, other. Right. So it's their first time like meeting her. It's the first time meeting this guy who says that he's her cousin. How? Who I've called sort of is that who you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Our final girl, yeah, like you say, she's waiting for a boyfriend who gets there late, uh, but he turns up with another dude in this version, who's this kind of. I wrote him down for the whole thing. Like right at the end, they call him like a hick or something. I wrote him down as just no. He's he seems more fucking like like a rich little kid than yeah. anybody else here hmm. yeah like he just looks like he's set up to be which what they do i feel in the in the remake to be a politician from like a rich right. family yeah but they they call him later where he says to one of them oh i know you just see me as a, like a hick you know yeah. whatever. It's like, well, what? well i it's think because he accent. has the yeah he has Sorry. the awkward southern accent yeah that's why oh okay yeah so to, to an international audience it doesn't mean anything really yeah. so i was like yeah because they reference many times that you know you should know how to draw water from a well and you should know how to mm-hmm. hog tie something and blah 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 right so. right right I which know. i do think there's a lot i mean again this is a writer who you know has written movies <laughs> i'm not going to say necessarily great movies but actually you know movies rather than just shrugging through things like many slasher films and there's definitely an interesting perspective here. Like all these kids have definitely been to a school that was very privileged, but they're all at very different levels of how much money they have. Some definitely are much more blue collar in terms of their background, even though they got to go to this privileged school. Um, and there's definitely a divide here and conversation. I feel that the film's having to do with the sort of social balance between these friends, which I appreciate. So we've got six guys on the boat, three girls, Muffy on the island. 
the yeah this new guy who's turned up as well the hit guy we're just gonna call him hit guy i've got terrible stereotypical names for all these people because the only way we're gonna get through right. this okay so we've got final girl uh we've got dull boyfriend who's final girl's boyfriend we've got biff we've got camera guy we've got hick guy muffy because that one's easy mm-hmm. and then there's slutty girl you also yeah, have Biff's i'm always trying friend. not to say s- <laughs> yeah 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 but I'm, I'm gonna get to him okay. i called him dangerous guy but he's around for so little amount of time because he's like the one he who was wants the to- one that really i was like this is the one too many for me because i didn't yeah know what he well, was because you got him and yeah and you've got um the one who's meant to be like the cousin is that right the one who gets all like drunk later and out on the pier and thinks yeah, that he's one, the one who's that's guilty who cousin. feels bad about him well he's the one yeah. that has the incident on the ferry with biff yeah yes, yes. those yeah. two i'd get like those were like where there's just one too many people yeah yeah um, and i'm trying to come up with a different word for slutty girl because yes yeah, she's obviously a slutty girl but again as I we're talking about i'm worried no boobs. Three. oh yeah that also no. works too <laughs> holy shit we're gonna come to this but i've never seen a woman with less boobs than this chick like, especially really? for having to be the slutty girl. She's, like, in her swimsuit, which we're going to see in a second, there's not even nipple. Like, there's <laughs> nothing. There's not even, like, a small, like, there are boobs there. Yeah. She might not have boobs, you guys. Yeah, Katie was well, definitely gonna... on boob patrol. <laughs> I was so confused. Was... And I'm a very small we'll boobed woman. So it's like, I appreciate it. But I was like, I am... I have large boobs compared to this girl. It's crazy. I didn't even, I did not notice that they went big. So <laughs> weird. Yeah. I was like concerned for her. <laughs> for the sake, for the sake then of, of Shannon called slutty, like we're just going to call a slutty girl. I'm worried in five years time, I'll listen back to this and it will be a terrible word to ever use associated with any girl. I mean, girl probably, girl, who knows, but here we are. You know, we're talking about horror slasher tropes and that's what she falls into. Yeah. For sure. In 1980s, you would definitely have called it that. Yeah. This new hit guy is, thinks he's a comedian. So he's, yeah. Which is a weird trope for him to have, I find. Yeah. Uh, but he's friends with Muffy. And he's really into Bruce Springsteen, but we don't get to see his badge. Which is a weird directing choice. Yeah. He makes this comment about like, the yeah, boss. the boss still rules. Mm-hmm. But you have to really, there's no close up with this no. badge he's wearing, I presume, of the boss. And her, bo- yeah, so doll boyfriend really looked like, to me, like they wanted Kevin Bacon. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, really 100%. bad. Oh, <laughs> so much. Yeah, and then the bookish girl, of course. So Biff's, yeah, throwing a knife uh, around I with this dangerous guy. I did not understand this game. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get what the point yeah. of this game was at all. We're just going to throw a knife and then th- pick it up? At first, yeah. I was like, maybe they're throwing it at each other's feet. And then the point is that you don't move and to see who who could, like, you know, battle of the wills of instincts or whatever but then that changes and i i got really confused yeah is i don't i don't get it i mean i think we're just setting up again these are the typical pranksters you know just would be goofing around but because it's biff i, I this actor can give it a little more like mm-hmm. he doesn't feel as stupid as most slasher actors would in this role mm-hmm. but yet yeah, the actions are still written as pretty stupid <laughs> yeah i just um, i just don't get it and this guy falls into the water pretending he's been killed. So we're setting up straight away. There's going to be pranks. Right. Yeah. And this is a much more realistic way to do your pranks, in my opinion, than in Sorority Row, where you're going to take a body out to a fucking quarry oh my God. and then try and dismember it. Can we not talk about Sorority Row right now? Yeah, no. I've, I'm burning that image out of my oh brain. My so yeah, here there's going to be a lot of like, we're doing a little thing. Oh, it was a prank. Like immediately straight yeah. away. This blonde 
I don't, I don't know who he is. The blonde, the guy who dies at the beginning. I don't know what he's really meant to be. Um, who's who's he's like goes? He jumps man. into the yeah, water. He's just the helper on the, the ferryman. Helper. Yeah, it's just a helper because you got the actual ferryman yes. who's the older guy. Yeah, this is just his helper. Yeah, okay. he's like the. He's jumped in the water, and the old boyfriend's jumped in the water. So we're learning who the heroes are in the right. situation. But then they ask to bring him up, and he's like, "No, no, I'll just moor the boat from where I'm at." Right. So <laughs> yes, that really bothered me. I was like, "This is the dumbest thing I've seen in a long time." Yeah. Well, and what's funny is they set up the fact that he's really bad at throwing the rope and being able to loop it because they had like a whole shot before where it took him three times to to get him to to hit the loop right because you're not supposed to throw it from the water like that's the worst angle to have to throw a loop over a post right but even previously before all this they set that up so you had to know it was going to come back so by him saying we're going to like he's going to do this from the water I as the audience member are supposed to go oh no he's bad at throwing the loops <laughs> we've already established the beautiful blonde man is very bad he's, at throwing ropes so, he has a terrible arm <laughs> <laughs> and then so then they just back this boat up into him which and this is a problem with when you're doing this stuff it's like knowing the ending it all makes sense yeah. it's fine but you have to be if something's going to like do these sort of twists on you as an audience you have to be along with the actions that are happening because you have to believe that they're true and this does seem ridiculous i mean i can just about believe in being stupid enough to go i'll do it from the water even though it's ridiculous but backing up into him like (laughs) they they might have been able to set it up if the ferryman had said where is so-and-so for safety standard i don't see him on the boat and then the kids would have been Mm -hmm. like oh he's just down below you know like trying to put him into a dangerous situation where the ferryman does not realize he's still in the water because that's the only realm that i would have believed that the ferryman would have said it's fine we've done this a million times let's just moor the boat up and and pin him between the dock and a boat. Well, and he sees and him. And he sees he him sees in the him water. Him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah. then what happens, like, he gets backed up by the boat. And so the effect of that is that it causes his eyeball to pop out. Yeah. Like, that was where I was I think was it's like, meant to be that the rotating blade, like, slashed into his face. I think that's what it's meant to be. Like, he then, like, panicked, tried to, like, dive under to get away from it, and then the blade under the boat would, like, cut him up in some way. Maybe. I don't know, Um, but there's an eyeball hanging from... Yes. And I was just like, what accident would cause that? (laughs) Like, that's where I... And then he just emerges, "Ah, ah, ah, ah," screaming and flailing about, and, like, literally running all over (laughs) with an eyeball hanging out. I was like, what is... (laughs) happening and then there's a police officer just happens to be waiting yeah. there in a boat nearby and just grabs him and takes him away i was very confused so by we're this immediately too, the fa- was it the ferryman just loads him into this boat and then they just zoom off yeah yeah they just go i was like but this how- is the thing i mean we're immediately in a place of mistrust because we've been showing her pranks and then something else happens that feels unbelievable and but it's true you know with the group of characters who are there you're put in the same sort of mindset that they are of like that but they they definitely think that this has happened but it's all been so quick and so surreal that it's it's a weird a weird beginning for them and the cop just tells them all to stay put because he's taking muffy's boat so they're also getting stranded essentially straight away muffy then greets them clearly fucking weird different hair straight off the bat different hair Mm mm-hmm she says they all used to spend their summers at this house until her mother died. You can see the Kennedys on a clear day. Yeah. 
presumably their house yeah. and not just them waving. Yeah, there's a dining table all laid out by her, mm-hmm. which is just bananas. You've got like name tags, you've got Barbie, Barbie dolls. Yeah. I think it's like plastic knives and forks. It's crazy. Yeah, Very well, weird um, how much effort gets put into the decor and then the lack thereof for the food. Yeah. Especially for privileged <laughs> rich kids. And then right. the fact that she but had a maid at the beginning. But that's so but I think that's again that's part that's meant to be another joke is which we'll, we'll get there for sure but like everything that she's doing is meant to be subverting what they're thinking so it's meant to be oh they're in this plush house oh look at the dining table there's all this like goofy stuff mm-hmm. on there and you don't even have proper you know flatware I do appreciate that um, we get like a spoiler from I think it's the bookish girl who's like oh it's like Agatha Christie at looking at the mm-hmm. table and that's immediately and I was like oh this is what this movie is <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Which again, like, and what's so nice about that is, yeah, 1986 slasher films are well, well ingested into society by this point. And that's where so many of them came from. They came from the whodunits and the Attica Christie's and what she calls that. And this is, is what it's now called. And then there were none. And they're a combination of this and the giallos, which were these Italian yellow uh, books to do with uh, crime sort of thrillers that had a whodunit aspect to them. And they were turned into these films that really were slasher films originated from. And America did their own thing with it. Yeah, so I, I like that. I like that they're calling out, we recognize where slasher films come from and we're going to do that. Yeah, and then we get some like funny editing. The camera boy is talking about wangs and then we get to a close-up of a sausage yes, being I loved pushed it. out of its wrapper. Yeah, it's pretty like, funny. I love this cut to a hot dog. Penis it's joke. Great. It reminded <laughs> Again, what me you're of showing the, me at the my beginning. bloody Valentine one, the original. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, hot yeah. dog water. Oh, they yeah. Do a, a very That's similar true. thing. Yeah. But what you're telling me here right at the beginning is like, we have actors who can act. So you've got an editor who's doing some creative stuff. You've got a director who did like that mannequin mm-hmm. push. Like, there are ideas here, which I like. The girls are all talking, taking like a sex quiz from a magazine while they cook. Yeah. This apparently wasn't in the script. It was the director noticed them literally doing this when they were hanging around waiting for lighting to happen. So then on the day when they came to doing the scene, it had been rewritten and they were given a magazine and told to basically improvise. So this is just the girls improvising as they go along. Um, yeah. and he just wanted them to make it as, as sort of real to how they really were when they hung out and yeah all of these people hung out for a while before they started shooting that so seems that clear there's a really great like camaraderie and chemistry between yeah. all of the kids in this house as much as I agree there's too many of them they all feel very specific and they all um, seemed they all feel very like genuinely friends yeah, there's a confidence in their relationships. Yeah. That's nice. So, yeah, joke one, it's this classy spread of Mafia and the girls have cooked beans and sausages. Yeah. So that is meant to be a joke. And then we got whoopee cushions. We've got a fake broken Delicious. chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these bro- Where the fuck do you get these broken chairs from? Because they like pop right back I up again. Hate. Those chairs are so one. cool. I totally want one. It's very cool. I've never seen this before. I feel like it has to be mounted into the floor to do that, like with a yeah, spring or something. Yeah, because it moves. You can see yeah. it moving. It's fucking crazy. It is. It's so cool. It gets real mad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we get this amazing scene where Final Girl is all, she wants to start boasting about her boyfriend going to medical school. <laughs> and then he's like, I, I didn't, didn't get, get in. They don't want me. And then he says, the reason is basically, uh, they told me that basically I possess an essential lack of seriousness. Yeah. Which is an amazing line. It really is. It's, it's, well, it also like sets up exactly what this whole movie is. Yes. You know? 
He is too serious. Yeah. Like, this guy well, is the yes. most drab, dull, serious boy. In comparison boy to all the everyone else in this movie, he by far is the most serious, which is why that line like makes no sense coming from him. If Biff or someone were to say that, you'd be like, yeah, that tracks. Yes. Well, then Biff says something <laughs> afterwards where he's like, that's exactly what my counselor told me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah. Well, you, I believe. Um, yeah. But his one uh, conversation is going to set up her dull boyfriend being just grumpy for the entire uh, Oh, my yes. God. Yes. Which is not fun to watch, but I do appreciate it because, yeah, in these situations, that's how it really goes. Like, someone at some point just gets grumpy about something, and then that's their entire weekend spoiled, and their partner has to go along with it for, yeah. <laughs> yeah. for the whole weekend. Yeah. And the whole time, she's um, so just trying to cheer real. him up and make him laugh. <laughs> yep. But no, he's, not, he's having none of it. Muffy's also given them glasses that leak when drunk from. After she makes great, great a very gag. terrible toast. Yeah. About, yes. I've always said that your college friends are the ones you should cherish the most because, and then never gives a reason in yeah. her toast. She's just, so cheers, everyone. Like, it's just <laughs> really strange. It is. And then she just does this weird little cheeky look before she says April Fools. And it's just like, well, it's very creepy. Mm-hmm. She can't be trusted. Yeah, 100%. That's for sure. Okay. So they're all getting ready for bed. Uh, Arsehole rich boy, who's the hick guy or whatever you want to call him, he finds these clippings in his room to do a six dying in a fog and then a car yeah, crash. I didn't really get that. Burning. Yeah. The decor in his room, though, I mean, is fucking great. He literally has a, a, a figure of a ship underneath the picture of a ship. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Oh, really? It is like so much ship in this house. <laughs> <laughs> it's great that's great um yeah his cigar explodes <laughs> we've got slutty girls tap spray water out mm-hmm. we she's i mean you say though shannon i want to know if you if you're counting this to tick off on your box and if we'll allow it or not because she is in a see-through top in this scene no it's not full and boobs. you definitely see nipples nope. she, it, she's not actually she's not actively showing boobs i did not count it okay I feel like she didn't seem to and notice. She doesn't actually yeah. have boobs, so I don't know that top. it counts. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that—that's just a costuming thing. But she's not act like she's not fully topless. It doesn't get counted. Sorry, I want to see okay. full boob okay. or nothing. No, no, I agree. I mean, can't blame. Yeah, me. she finds all these chains and restraints in her room. SNL. Uh, Biff's bathroom's got like—I love his reaction to this. It's got like heroin spoons yeah, and. Yeah. So weird. <laughs> And he just, he genuinely looks like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> and then his doorknob comes off, so he's stuck. Yeah. Uh, he's got some good As physical learned, comedy. Really in Silent Night, Dudley Night. If you lose that doorknob, you're, you're locked in forever. Yeah, you are done. <laughs> yeah. You are done. Um, I fucking love this picture with the searching eyes in Final Girl and oh, Dog yeah. Boyfriend's room. So creepy. And then when they take it off and it's just one of those cat yes. clocks yeah. with its eyes like. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fucking great. And then it's a weird bit because they're like, he's still a little grumpy oh, and they're getting ready bit. for bed. And Final Girl looks like she literally goes to pull her panties down. Yeah. She's like on 100%. the about to pull them down. Uh-huh. And then looks at him taking his clothes off and decides, no. no. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I thought the same. She was like, sex isn't going to help this. <laughs> well, this is where I started to question her wardrobe because at the beginning, she's just in kind of like a loose, baggy button up and some jeans. And then in this one, they just have her in this weird tank top, like wife beater tank top. And it's, she just looks so frumpy 
through this whole film from this point on, and it only gets worse. Yeah, like, she's they not don't put styled her in well anything form fitting. It's almost like they're trying to beard them up for each other, where her boyfriend's mm-hmm. like really overly emotional, and then she's just kind of, you know, a lesbian in hiding. It's really yeah. weird. I didn't understand what they were doing with her. No, I agree. And I do think they don't give her enough to really feel like the final girl. Like, I'm yeah. only doing that because I have a predilection towards her because I love her from Friday the 13th Part 2 so much. Well, and then mm-hmm. So I'm already loving her because I know her. Like, you know? I love the chemistry of all the friends together, but I'm not on board with the chemistry between these two. Yeah, I don't. I would agree. I, really I don't do feel... not love her in this movie. She's not who I would have picked based on the the women in this she's not who I would have picked as the final girl casting wise she just feels awkward I feel like through most of this movie right okay I mean again it's I definitely would but again I can't tell how much of that is me not separating she is a final mm-hmm. girl in a yeah. slasher film so like that's how I know I it. see her shift happen later and that I recognize from like Friday the 13th but I don't hear it it just like I think it's just their relationship throws yeah. me with her but is it a thing? It annoys me, and I'd written down notes about it. But then when I thought about it overnight, I was like, and remembering being that age, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, you have relationships like this. You have these couples like aren't perfectly matched. Like people go out with people for weird reasons when you're that age, and as you're getting out of school and going into the real world, that's when you adjust a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. And like she, 100, percent is not going to stay with this guy, <laughs> you know. She'll realize, oh, we're not. But I think compatible. the. I think the intention is for us to think that they are like the Barbie dolls that are for each of them is she is bride and groom Barbie dolls. I think the intention is that they're supposed to be the couple that like gets sure. engaged. But I'm just saying like your intentions at that age and your friend's intention at age might not be how it really right. works. You know, what's really going on? Yeah. I, I just feel whether it's an intention intentional or not from the writers and the director and the actors, like maybe they wanted them to seem different from how they come across, mm-hmm. but it comes across whether it's accidental or not, it's more believable to mm-hmm. me. Of like, yeah, there should be a couple here that don't really fit um, because that's how it normally is when you're in your like 20s. Mm-hmm. I, I, my personal favorite prank, which he is definitely not amused with, is the light switch. Oh, switches. it's so good. <laughs> I love it. I was I like, how was do really I make good. this happen? I want to do this prank in life. It's so good. It made me genuinely smile. Yes. I was like, am I really just smiling at that he turned off on light and another light comes on and then he turns off yeah. another light? But also, he's an idiot because he tries, to, he takes the light bulb in order to stop it out of the light that's on. So he yes. burns himself instead of like, dude, just take, wait, ha- turn it off and then take the bulb. Yep. Like, it'll all be fine. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, he definitely is an idiot. Yeah. Um, I see why he you didn't get into med school, Buffy. dude. <laughs> <laughs> he says no. So then he wanders into a uh, slutty girl's room and finds her having sex with Camera Boy in an incredible, <laughs> incredible position. position. I'm uh, going to show James a picture of this and be like, let's see if this is actually physically possible. <laughs> I feel like the director was like, just make it contort your body. Like, they look like two crabs. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. How, like... There is nothing that looks enjoyable about <laughs> no. the sex they are what having. I, what I love about it is just how relaxed they look as well when he yeah. comes in. They're just like, yeah, this is just hey. normal. This is just yeah. how we hey. do it. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we like to do it like crabs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, and we're setting up. like They're going to sort of be this sort of temporary couple over the weekend, I guess. Um, 
bookish girl however has not got as much fun she's got a tape of a baby crying in her room yeah which we're gonna have illuminated later is because she had an abortion at some point and this is fucking dark yeah it is yeah it is which i feel even from again even from not getting the exposition later you kind of know what's I mean, at first, I think I just thought, okay, it's just spooky baby crying noises. Mm-hmm. It's just to freak her out, like a spooky baby. But as soon as you see her reaction to it, you're yeah. like, oh, shit, okay. I think at this moment, I literally turned to Katie and I was like, well, that bitch is either pregnant right now or she got an abortion. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so one of the... Yep. And But this is where I got a little, like... Because her thing was very tied to her, right? And some of them, I thought were like you get that a little bit later with the S&M stuff and the slutty girl maybe there was something with the car accidents and the fog with Hick guy that we just don't get the full story on because he seems to have a knowing reaction to it but then you know obviously the light prank and the watching and the eye picture and then the heroin needles and Biff stuff those don't seem to be connected to those characters in a way I agree I mean I think I think that they all are but I agree that the script fails in illustrating that properly like it just about does it enough for me because i don't i don't need like i think in a normal film that's arguably better written you would have a scene where it all comes out right. yeah i don't necessarily need that i prefer it being hindered at but i do need a few more sentences to hit it because we definitely do get it with the guy with the car crash yeah because they challenge him on it and then he goes well everyone's been in a car crash haven't they and then people go no so that's enough for me with him to know okay something's yeah. tied in here with the tragedy with the abortion definitely like that's enough um, with the heroin thing, it's like, yeah, you just need one line of someone like yeah. if Biff's going to take another drink and uh, someone just being like, should you? Or just something to show there's some past with him, maybe an addiction or something. Or even to show like scars on his arms or something where yeah. he's had a sorted past yeah. with ne- needles. Or, like, or a line with, you know, with the slutty girl where she's trying to like give up sex or something because she's had some problem with it or whatever. Sure. You know, or something that got her into a bad situation or a dangerous situation before and just mm-hmm. one of the girls sort of going, yeah like advising her not to go and sleep with that guy or whatever yeah. it is. But yeah, I do agree you need a tiny bit more mm-hmm. um, to get that. Okay, this is all kind of pointed at these people. But yeah, meanwhile, we've got the remorseful cousin who I do like he's actually remorseful because normally, again, you kill someone in a slasher film and then everyone just keeps partying where he's right. haunted by the fact that uh, that this happened. I mean, please, he's the Debbie Downer. So he goes down to the docks to handpick weed. <laughs> And, but it's he picks the leaves yeah. and also yeah. this doesn't look like a marijuana plant but i think we're supposed to believe it's a marijuana plant i think so yeah. it's it's a weird place to go handpick yeah, <laughs> it's down it's, by the it's docks it's very strange <laughs> it's like he grabs the leaves not the flower like there's nothing you're not gonna do anything with that dude. and then doesn't and then he doesn't get to do with that anything yeah. he gets gone yeah he right. so, it's all for nothing but if this were a regular slasher, I'm like, oh, I'm fine so far. This is a good yeah. build. I'm learning the characters. Say first in kill. this part, because you have a cat scare jump thing. Yeah. And I was like, in all the slashers I've seen, cats are always like howling and jumping at people. And in real life, have you ever seen a cat behave this way? Like, who <laughs> no. decided that this is what cats do? Because Maybe he was but wearing I've his also cat real life- perfume. I don't know, but there's <laughs> always the howling love while weed. they're jumping right at yeah. your face. And I've <laughs> I've also never seen someone walk into a rope leg trap and be hoisted upside down. But movies tell me, insist that this happens often. I've never. I don't know if documented if anyone's ever slipped on a banana skin. Right. But we're all very mm-hmm. wary mm-hmm. of banana skins on roads. What I do really appreciate about this movie, though, and that uh, gets repeated. 
the murder off camera. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Which again, at this point, I'm fine with that. Even as a slasher fan yeah. thinking I'm just getting a regular slasher, it's the first kill. That's fine. I am. Like quite a lot of first kills were. I was praising Jesus. <laughs> I think that's why they go so over the top with the eyeball kill earlier. It's like, well, we've got to put something yeah, yeah. in here. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's the next day. Problem number one. April the 14th. <gasps> oh, yeah. Sorry. Not April 14th. Sorry. Uh, day after April Fool's Day. But yeah, which could they say what day it is? It's there is like a there's like three friday the 13th jokes in here yeah yeah, it's no longer april fool's day yeah it's the weekend of right exactly so like the movie's over it's not a holiday is it (laughs) i mean april fool's day is not no like a national holiday where you'll get the weekend and no so yeah i mean i I mean you know they have to do it otherwise the film would be too compressed yeah but i feel someone again could acknowledge that like when someone says april fool's day it's not even fucking april fool's day right but yeah, April, Muffy's well, in the kitchen. Well, that would have been great if it was like, April Fool's is over. This is real. You know what I mean? Then you have like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the real yeah. killings begin. Muffy's in different clothes. Hair's all crazy. She looks like a homeless person. Yeah. So we're setting up Buffy here. Yes! <laughs> wow, that's an exciting show. She just likes the name Buffy. <laughs> Not the vampire slayer. I mean, there can only be one. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome yeah. and it's the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer film with Luke Perry <laughs> right oh no uh, <laughs> so the final girl's boyfriend who's a real fucking drag uh, is all like mopey by the by the boathouse so she decides to sexually attack him <laughs> uh, even though he's clearly saying no and even she's though like, he's no, clearly trying to get her to break up with him yeah and yes yes this mm-hmm. is classic girls <laughs> Just yeah. So you know, yeah. When a guy's yeah. like, I'm just Listen not what good enough for you. You should really find someone better. I'm like, just break up with her if you don't want to be with her. Um, really nice. Uh, there's just these few shots of items around the boathouse, which really very modernly filmed. They're almost Terrence Malicky. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. Yeah, I liked all that. Um, oh, there was one shot in particular. I was like, that looks like an Al White shot right there. Yeah, Katie said <laughs> just that. Just lots of up close shallow yeah. detail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then dead blue body of skip floating below them i like this top down shot as you see him through yeah. the slats as they're like making out so then they freak out they go running back to their friends they find uh, skip's broken knife on the pier um so the boys decide to split up to try and find him bookish girl who's not amused with anybody having fun uh then comes crying to muffy because of the tape and she's all upset about it and this is where we learn about the abortion thing i th- sort of they come yeah. back to it but and then we have this scene as Biff is out in the woods looking for, uh, what's his face, Skip. And there's a, there's a fucking snake. <laughs> like, I mean, for I starters, they're definitely in a notice. studio because every time the foot is on the floor, the floor moves. Right. Right. <laughs> but this snake is aggressive. Yeah, it is. And I mean, obviously, other than one shot where you do see Biff's face, it's obviously, you know, a stunt guy who then, because he gets hoisted up by one of those leg traps upside down, and his snake is going for him. Yeah, 100%. Really? I mean, honestly, one of the most scary, impressive stunt things I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Because that snake is just, I mean, obviously, it's been de-venomed. Right, but still, still, those things, it still, like, it still hurts when they bite you. It's very clear, like, he gets bitten at one point. Yeah. It's pretty, I, mean, I mean, there's a couple yeah. where it jabs at him and it's obvious it's hitting air. But even then, you have to yeah. just be really comfortable with a snake. Yeah. There's, there's one, like though, that. where it's like, oh, he 100% just bit him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And like in the neck 
face area, not yeah. on his arm or leg or That's something. It's kind of shocking to see. I like to think this is Frank Mancuso letting the snakes get their own back because you remember in Friday the 13th part one, someone cuts a snake in right. half and they did it to a real snake. Yeah, they mm. killed a snake. Yeah. It's like, this is for, this is for Johnny. Snake revenge. Snake revenge. Fuck the snakes. Somewhere amidst all of the snake attacks, this is where Final Girls found time to put a little of sexy Odyssey, tie. Speaking of snakes, Heather, this gave me a little PTSD because the snakes, they like engineered Odyssey to freak you the fuck out because they only put them in dark tombs and they'll like go, and they just <laughs> jump at you from nowhere. And I was like, fucking snakes. Fucking back I just got bitten by one last night in Far Cry New Dawn. Oh, I was well. like, what? Snakes. <laughs> Not by real life. Um, yeah, this is where Final Girl has found a time to put on a little sexy tie. Yeah. Because everyone's freaking out about the dead body she just saw. Only so to you know put what? a tie on. Her weird wardrobe in this. Right. Like, let's put on another frumpy shirt and now a tie. While Muffy's walking around looking insane with a bunch of flowers. Yeah. I was like, what What movie? Is she uh, all of a sudden Ophelia? Like, what the fuck has <laughs> happened? <laughs> She was so intense before, but it was a level of, okay, she's rich, she's eccentric, she's intense. Yeah. Now, I get they're trying to set up Buffy, but not, again, not knowing that twist yet, it's like, this is too far. Like, watching yes. it as a film, like, she's too crazy. Yeah. yeah. I completely agree. You know, it was like, a lot of did, her friends there don't even... Moon? Yeah. Some of her... Because some of them are like, she's been acting really weird, and then other people are like, really? Yeah. So I was like... Uh, yeah. all of you like, would look be at concerned. How she's yeah. All of you would be concerned if your friend just like made that weird of a 180. I think the hairstyle and, and how she's dressed is enough. Just do that, and then someone can comment on, like, you know, isn't that weird? That she's like, you know, you yeah. don't need her acting this over the top. But And this is where the, the sort of politic guys saying, I know you'll think I'm a hick, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go to, the, they've run out of water. Um, how does it happen even? I don't uh, know. The faucet starts like spewing brown. like brown water. Okay. And, and she then, says, and it happens and you got to go to the well. Like, yeah. We're out of water. And she's like, oh, we do have a well. It's that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Slutty Girl goes off with the hick guy who gives her the amazing line of, I really want to plow your field. I know. It's so good. So good. To which she looks genuinely like, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Like, hmm. That's the expression she gives. I admire your She's confidence. She's like, have you ever seen two crabs having sex? Because that's how I like <laughs> that's to do it. Into. Later on, we're going to try lobster. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you guys noticed, but every scene, every scare scene in this film has a fake out. Yes. Like, it's it's definitely a mechanic that they're using. So, here we've got her. Like, he's too wussy to do it. So, she's like, I'm going to go down into the well. She's going to wear her down white slacks down into right. a dirty well. Right. She don't give a shit. No, no one's going down in this well, right? Let's just be clear. You don't. No. <laughs> Fuck that. Hell no. If the choice was go down in this well, I'd be like, well, looks like we're not going to have water for the next, what, day? You'll be, be like, fine. guess what I saw in the fridge? Champagne. I'm fine. A hundred percent. I will and she's shower got, in champagne. She's got Perrier. Yeah, like, yeah. we find she has sparkling water oh, yeah. in there. It's like, she's why are fine. We, why do we need <laughs> water? But if anyone is going to, it's going to be this girl because she's you know, got a lot, of, a lot of gumption. Yeah, she's got moxie. Um, yeah. She slips on the ladder, she's fine, and then it breaks. Yeah. So again, this is how they do pretty much all the spooks. One, one, uh, they do one thing to like put you off guard, and then they deliver the mm-hmm. real spook. Uh, falls into the well, there are heads and bodies down there from the people who have died so far. And it's pretty nasty. Yeah, not a, yeah. Not a good well to be in. And then no. Hal, good old Hal, instead of throwing a goddamn rope down 
that he's standing next to, <laughs> right? Yes. It's like either I'm going to climb down with you or I'm going to run away and go get help from someone else. These yeah. are his two options. Like, oh, you know that ladder that just broke? I'm going to use I'm it. Go- there's <laughs> yeah. like feet and feet of rope by his person. <laughs> but country boy does not use it. Does not. So yeah, what I also like is she's just screaming and then we cut out of it. We don't get to see the end of the scene, which I think is nice. Um, the actress actually, this was on a set, obviously, and they were trying to like muddy it up for days, throwing cigarettes in there, from doing all this stuff. She actually caught an ear infection from yeah. being in that oh, well. I'm sure. Ugh. Dull boyfriend gets through to the police uh, and it turns out the killer is not the guy who got hurt on the ferry, which <gasps> is who they were thinking up to dun, that dun, point dun. because the police is with him. And then a cop says they're going to come, but they've got to wait for his flair. Is this so the one that has the constable? But- yes. Yeah, they don't call him officer. It's constable. It's constable. constable. <laughs> Where's like, the constable? Why, are, why do we have a constable? Are we meant mm-hmm. to be in England here? Because we yeah. don't have constables in America, it's right? Very strange. Well, I mean, maybe no. in the 80s and maybe because this is meant to be. I don't know if they actually sh- on our hand. We said they shot in British Columbia. Yeah. Didn't they? Um so maybe some Canadian words, yeah. or that's just what they called it maybe. up there. But this is meant to be in Maine. Yeah, I uh, I was like, I so don't even know that I've ever knows. heard an actual title of constable in America. Yeah, I can't. It's strange. Mm-mm. It's because you guys ruined all of our good words. Improved upon. This is where... Sheriff sounds so much more authoritative. 100%. Call the sheriff. Yeah. And it's shorter. Yeah, but this, you have so many sheriffs. Like, I remember being very upset when you, you get to America and you see all these police cars of like the independent police force of the towns throughout America called sheriffs. And they, it's like you, one sheriff. You shouldn't have multiple sheriffs. You have a sheriff for every it's, county or every yeah. town. You have to have a, a top dog. Yeah, but there's dog. loads of sheriff cars. Like I don't loads. know what you're talking about. There's only one there's, per district. We should, we should Google this again. Because yeah. when I first got to America, I was very confused and I got pulled over a lot for speeding. <laughs> and I had to like Google it in terms of how the police force is done. Because there's like the actual police and then there's the sheriff police and it's this different thing. And loads of the cars are branded sheriff because you're part of that sort of Yeah, patrol. well, because you can be a part of the sheriff's office because being... Right. And then you would have a sheriff sure. car, like the sheriff's deputy, things like that. Yeah. You, that Like being in a Shouldn't car that a sheriff says car. sheriff on it doesn't mean that you are a sheriff. If you were in the Wild West times when the word sheriff came from and everybody just had a sheriff badge on, you would think they yeah, were all the fucking sheriff. Yeah, but you had deputy badges sure. as well. Yeah, well, these aren't deputy cars. They all just say well, sheriff. Well, nobody wants them. to be in a car that says deputy. That's I know, true. but they should because there's one sheriff. This is where the final girl finds a picture of Muffy with an identical twin sister as kids. And we learn Hick Boy has a gun. Yeah. So waiting for also that. Also should be noted, I have off. this exact same haircut was Muffy when she was a little kid. Uh, <laughs> I think so basically it means I was privileged when I was young. Right? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is where they all learned, yeah, that each of them found something in their rooms and it has something to do with the secret. But again, as we already said, they don't really give us quite enough. It's just sort of alluded to. Um, so then they all split up because that seems smart. And Dull Boyfriend, I fucking love this. You just, they all split up, but you're already like, oh my God, what are they doing? And then Dull Boyfriend just goes, I'm going to find a way into the attic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what are you doing? They all split up and then, and somebody says, oh, I think it's dull boyfriend also says, as long as we're all in shouting distance. I'm like, what? 
if you're shouting, then you're dead. Like, that doesn't help. <laughs> this was literally right after they had the conversation of, we all need to stay together until yeah. the sheriff shows up. He said he was going to shoot off a flare. And so we'll just all stay in the one, in one room to be safe. Right. Until we see this flare. And then we'll all go down to the dock together. Yeah, I was Very like, finally some smart people. And then it's like that wasn't even said because they immediately do the opposite. Well, Muffy says, I will be in my room. And that just right. makes everyone go, oh, I'm going to be in my room, too. <laughs> well, the boyfriend's going to be in the attic because yeah. <laughs> apparently I can see better from up there. Right. <laughs> but again, I guess it's meant to be, you're meant to then be putting on, okay, who is doing right. this, you know, these killings? You got to split people up and you got to make everyone do some weird things so that you're not sure who to trust. Chaz. Oh, poor Chaz. He gets a bloody penis. Yeah, he does. Um, <laughs> he gets his dick cut then, off. And then the killer comes for slutty girl. This happens pretty quick. And this is where you learn something. So if you're used to watching slashes, by this point in a slasher, we should be seeing the kills. Mm-hmm. So we know one of two things are happening. Number one, this film isn't good at doing the kills. And it's poor direction, poor makeup, blah, blah, blah. Number two... They're tricking us. Number three, and it's Shannon's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon is on board. Is it, I am on board. I'm, I don't have to watch anybody die. <laughs> I appreciate this series has been probably every slasher film you've ever seen. But even by this point, haven't you learned then? Like, you know, are you not tr- triggering with the fact of, oh, if they're not showing the kills, there's got to be something else happening yeah. here. Like, they're trying a, to trick us. A hundred percent. I was like, I was catching on of like there's got to be if they're not showing us the kills in this there's got to be something else that's up right because there's no reason not to mainly because like we know it wasn't a prom night remake case where they're trying to make it a pg-13 version because there's already a bunch of like fucks and foul language and things like that that's going to put it in the r arena anyway r arena (laughs) r arena um but so so, yeah, the fact that they're not showing the kills, I was grateful for, but I was also like, hmm, something is up. Well, there's so much Agatha Christie vibe in Correct. this whole setup, like the whole sequence of an island, a party, invite only, everyone has a thing, like everyone kind of has this typeset that they've been cast for, and then, yeah, one by one, people start kind of getting knocked one off. By so yep. it has- which again they're going to show later that he had a makeup artist and all this stuff you could have shown a little like the violent impact of a kill mm-hmm. and then cut away so you don't see what happened just afterwards you know they could have shown a little bit more I feel uh, because I do feel you're getting suspicious as a, as a slasher fan at this point Doll boyfriend apparently because when he was on the phone to the cop the cop apparently told him to not let anyone be alone with Muffy and he decided not to share this information right? <laughs> with anyone <laughs> other than his girlfriend well, yeah. his girlfriend has found. Is it at this point that she's found the letter in the boat already? No, no, they, not yet, not yet, yeah, not yet. Okay, they just she, no. So they're they're now like finding the dolls mm-hmm. from the dining table in the attic, uh, which have all recreated the murders. So they're definitely feeling it's hundred percent. You're meant to suspect Muffy, which again from the beginning that's what you're thinking, isn't yeah. it? Right? You're yeah. thinking this has to be a hundred percent. And again, that twin sister twist. I think that's a nice like a little twist there to go oh okay because we're already suspecting Muffy but then you're subverting that a little bit by doing it a little it's not Muffy but it's sort of you know yeah but Buffy Buffy <laughs> <laughs> it's Buffy 
<laughs> Any parent who has identical twins and rhymes their names should just be put down. <laughs> Disagree. Muffy and Buffy, strong name choices. I'm awful. into it. Awful, awful, awful. I know exactly who never those women your, are. Never call your child Muff. Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible I mean, one. at the very worst, you already named one of your kids Muffy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like they're not the short dogs, names of that they're are, people. The shorter names of that, of that are Buff and Muff. Yep. And they're not something that you want in one sentence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so then the flare goes off. <laughs> From the cop. They're, 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 so we're with Final Girl and Doll Boyfriend. They're now trying to get out to the cop. They find Hick Boy hanging. We missed that. He just sort of died yeah. off screen. But he's good and tied. tied. Yeah. And then they run to the pier. The cop's boat has this letter, which is very much, again, just this information. It's kind of, if you blink, you might miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone escaping, I think, from an institution. And they've been in an institution for three years. Yes. So we're definitely now presuming they're doing, again, the Halloween staple of someone went crazy, only this time it was the twin sister, and yeah, yeah. was put in a mental institute and they've escaped. Right. Well, and this is where you they start to piece together, oh my God, there must be a twin, because it ref- says whatever her last name is, right? Yes. And uh, they're like, but she was at Vassar in that time. We know that. This must be the twin. And you've got no reason not to believe that. Yeah. Again, by this point, then, it's been an unsatisfying slasher for kills. But the pacing is right. It's a pretty decent twist. But yeah. You're, I mean, I'm buying it, I think. The, but they have to go back to the house because the spare key was already established again earlier, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go in through that window that we saw Buff, uh, Muffy setting up right the first yep. pretty much scene of the movie. Yeah, because they come back the and basement. all the lights in the house are off. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And all the doors and things are closed. Except for the one window propped open. So they're, they're in this basement. Because, yeah, it seems like a good idea, right? Crawl through the one window. Uh, they're in the basement and then they turn around and the picture's there again, but with, with eyes behind it again. And the fucking boyfriend's just like, why didn't you, why didn't you go and get it? Oh, what a terrible you know, like, boyfriend. Genuinely, the idea of reaching, because to move the picture, you have to reach your fingers around to the other Correct. side where presumably someone yeah. is standing. Yeah. Like, Ugh. fuck that. Yeah, hell no. If James ever said that to me, I'd be like, I'm out. You. Because he has a gun at this point, doesn't he? Or what does he have? Oh, no, no, he's got like a bat or something. He's got like a melee weapon or something. Because I feel like he was waiting to like hurt the person. She's just like moving the picture out of the way so you can defend them. Oh, I don't know. Um, genuinely a little creepy, though. Mm-hmm. Very creepy. But no, Muffy's head, severed head behind the picture. <laughs> And then who they presume is Buffy starts nailing them in. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. I kind of like the intensity of... They need more blood, but these scenes are cool. Doll boyfriend. <laughs> so they get split up. He gets locked in a closet. Shocker. Yeah. yeah. Just screaming in a closet. Right. Well, and it's like, and it's like a pantry you. closet. It's like, dude, you seem like a pretty strong, <laughs> capable guy. You can break down that fucking door. Telling you, they're just trying yeah, to tell oh, absolutely. you that this couple is actually gay and they don't know it yet. <laughs> That's it. No, he was wearing defi- no, very honestly, short shorts like, earlier. We're putting it him in the closet. Yes. And this is definitely, and it's something I feel we have to, to, like this film is a comedy, but it's just not a full out comedy. Yeah. 
and like and when you go i haven't been i sadly haven't seen this film in cinemas but it, it plays very very well and people love all of the section with him as he's just screaming i love you I kit i love so you <laughs> from locked in the, in the closet yeah. being forced into the closet mm-hmm. it's amazing uh, and Buffy is cornering Final Girl and sort of channels her into the living room where she turns around, everyone's still alive. Well, but not before. But in, they, they like... In complete silence. They like run through the dining room and Final Girl has so many... I, I was just screaming at the TV like, get a chair, throw something at her. <laughs> yeah. Like, fight back, bitch. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. nothing. No, the twist in this is you would be... Like, Muffy would be dead. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's it's insanity to think that some one of these people wouldn't have fought back. One of them had a gun, exactly. which didn't really come back again later. Well, right. All we hear is later M- Muffy will say, like, uh, that one guy, the hit guy, gave it was close with the hit guy. So, like, the implication yeah. is that, like, he tried to shoot her. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find footage of it, but I presume, because they did shoot quite a lot that's not in this film, I presume that that was an uh, edited scene. Because mm-hmm. it is weird we don't see yeah. him die yeah. and the gun pay off and all that stuff. Yeah. It would have been funny if it was um, like a sorority row thing where all of a sudden Muffy or not Muffy Kit ends up killing this girl and then they're like, yes. Oh shit, this was meant to be a prank. Like this yeah. is a whole a whole No, ruse. absolutely. That's why you think it's gonna happen. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean it's a it's it's a good twist. It's very weird because they're all told to be in silence, they're all pretending to talk. I loved it's it. fucking surreal. I loved it. And then they're already happy. I mean, something that I've... I don't know how anyone could get this, but I've talked to people who thought that they were all in on it, which they're definitely not. Yeah. They even stipulate none of them knew about it other than two people, basically. Like oh, the ferryman. Yeah. Okay, because I yeah. thought they were all in on it. And I had no. a lot no, to say about not. how it, they took them out then. Because I was like, wouldn't they have... If, if everyone was in on it, except for these two final people, then why wouldn't they kill people in the public eye because then otherwise the only person who sees anything happening is the audience and that's what was confusing as they got taken out they were told i see which they they stipulate like slutty girl says yeah she does okay i missed that part (laughs) but what's even better is like they're doing this and final girl's mind is breaking yeah (laughs) and everyone's laughing and going april fools april fools and then we just cut to a boyfriend still losing his his mind mind in the closet and (laughs) and then there's uh was it the ferryman or whatever no the guy guy who fell in the blonde guy He just, he's in the closet with him and comes out to him and then puts his prosthetic yeah. makeup onto his I face. I loved it. And he just... Bolts it. Well, <laughs> I've never seen anyone lose their mind like yeah. he does. Well, but, Absolutely incredible. And all of a sudden, the closet can open? Yeah. <laughs> you couldn't open it to try and save your girlfriend? You just well, wanted to scream through the closet? prosthetic guy clicks something. Like, he oh, hit maybe. something like a... Tra- like a inside lock or whatever yeah, like that like or he just like opens it lock. i don't know it's right. possible dude it's a push not it's a pull it's a push just to see him screaming and running through <laughs> love it yeah so it turns out muffy's going to turn the house into a murder mystery country inn to try and basically generate enough money for the in like she has an inheritance and gets his house but she's got to make it make money right which it doesn't really make any sense but whatever well i think the implications um, well, are family's going to sell it yeah 
Sure. So. I mean, but that, I believe if it was, oh, I want to do this, but no, it seems to be her parents' expectations of yeah. that. In order, she says, like, in order to generate the money to upkeep this house, yeah. I have to turn it into a country inn. Right. Which is like, eh, you could do other things. Yeah. Um, but sure. Then, then in order to keep the house as your house, have other people living in it with you while putting on murder mysteries is quite an extreme way yeah. to upkeep a yeah, house. Yeah, I believe this. Because you're definitely creating I more problems. It's... People are going to break stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, but... Your upkeep bill is going to go up, not down. No, I liked it because she's like, I was contemplating doing like a bed and breakfast, but I didn't want to just do a typical one. And then the fact that she's a drama major, I thought it all worked. No, I believe her doing it, but that's what but that's what annoys me a little bit. It's like she has the reasons as a character to do it, mm-hmm. and then they give her this other reason. I just like no, that's not the reason. The reason is yeah, you're eccentric and a drama major, and you have lots of money, you know. So the drunk guy was actually a brother, not a cousin. The anchor man was a makeup artist. The cop was her uncle. The ferryman, who's never acted before, just helped yeah. out. He's adorable. Yeah, so How did they do? They did great. <laughs> So they pop some bubbly, they party on to the track Mama Told Me Not To Come, which is always a good track to hear. And then we had a weird, awkward shot of Bookish Girl drinking with the ferryman. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's very strange. Yeah. And then lots of inappropriate usage of uh, Muffy's head with the boys oh, yeah. doing things with it. Oh, yeah. But it keeps going. So we know there's another twist coming because it fades out, fades back in again. Muffy finds a present on her bed that looks like the jack-in-a-box that was right at the beginning of the movie and started all of this when she was a kid. She winds it up, and then she stops, and then she goes to do it again. And as it pops, Bookish Girl comes up behind her, slits her throat, blood everywhere. But it's another fake kill. Yay! No one And it's all a joke, and they look like they're going to make out, and then they don't, and then credits roll. Pretty sure they made out after. Yeah, 100%. Pretty sure. Muff ate uh, Muff. <laughs> You might notice they both look very different in this scene. That's because this was shot months yeah. later. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. Oh, that's funny. So the original ending was longer and more twisted. And it is reflected in the book. Muffy reveals the weekend was a setup. The guests all leave, except for Rob, Kit, Chaz, and Nikki, who sneak back into the house to prank Muffy. However, when they return, Skip is there. Which one's Skip again? The brother that... The one that oh. was going for the weed. Okay. He cracks, um, I'm not sure why, I presume it's explained somehow, and attempts to kill Muffy in a rage of jealousy, apparently. Rob then saves Muffy, but kills Skip in the process. And it ends with them, yeah, accidentally killing someone in the mayhem of all of the the pranks, turning into pranks and pranks, and then a real death at the end of the movie. They filmed this entire ending, but Paramount, when we have to state, (laughs) Paramount made so much money off of Friday the 13th and they don't like it they try and pretend it never happened they try not to talk about it they were happy to sell it on to New Line when Freddy vs. Jason happened so they're not a big fan of downer endings and being involved with slasher films so they didn't hate this ending but they opted for something that was more upbeat which is the one that we got where it's like okay you can have a you know well actually they wanted it to end just where it ends with the party that's how they wanted it but Frank Mancuso Jr. insisted that they filmed the Jack in the Box ending uh, months later in LA if he wasn't allowed the ending that they'd shot interesting because um, it was like you have to end on a sketch yeah like it's a horror film yeah so the film gathered a huge cult following due to lots of airings on late night TV which was partly because it was so light light on violence it meant they could be shown yeah um, a lot it was great <laughs> so it meant even Shannon could watch it 
Deborah Goodrick, who played Nikki, revealed in 2016 that she was sent a script for an unproduced sequel. Several years after the original, Chaz and Nikki had indeed gone married. So yes, they were setting them up as that. Oh, wow. They buy a closed down porno theater on 42nd Street in what? New York City. And then they're planning to turn it into a bed and breakfast. Why do these but people want to turn Chaz's... everything into bed and breakfast? <laughs> I love that that's the thing they took as the motif for this series. Yeah. But when one of Chaz's college age relatives arrives for a visit, the games begin again. Um, ironically, Goodrick and her second husband bought the Avon Theatre in Stamford, uh, where this info was shared during a 30th anniversary screening. Hmm. But yeah, that film was never made. A much sadder irony is that Griffin O'Neill, who played Skip, was indicted on manslaughter charges just a few months after the release of this film. Oh my God. Um, Yeah, and this is where the irony comes in, for a drug-induced boating mishap that resulted in the death of Francis Ford Coppola's (gasps) son. Oh my God. That was one of the very sad tragedies that happened around this film. Yeah, that's... Wow. Which I didn't tell you guys beforehand because I didn't want it to color. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anything to do with the film. But there you go, guys. April Fool's Day, 6.2 out of 10 on the IMDb. I would just like to say that Shannon was literally dancing at the yeah. end of this film. <laughs> yep. Well, Loved I was going about it. to say, so before we take a little disco break and come back with the, with the remake, Shannon, how many boxes did you tick with April Fool's Day on your slasher bingo card? Well, because no one technically dies. So really, it's only two checks off two boxes and that is they run further into the house rather than outside to safety which happens a couple times and that someone playfully scares someone else as a joke <laughs> i don't i can't really I mean, check off any other boxes i mean i think there are a couple more we could count but it's not going to make any difference is it because <laughs> you're going to max reach like four like i would allow for instance for instance the like someone dies just before during or after sex like they the bloody penis guy right. does but but they don't they're not actually die. dying. Yeah, I know, like, but they do the thing. I thought, and like the situation's the same. So yeah, like, I I, I thought we could do the. Oh no, the phones are dead. Whenever he just didn't understand how to dial a rotary phone, um, but no, it eventually <laughs> works and he gets through. So I was like, okay, well, I can't do that. You know, you don't see boobs. <sighs> you do not. Well, you do, but through not accidental boobs. Yeah. What t-shirts are not boobs? I mean, I guess it could be, you could say the insinuation <laughs> that drinking great, that and partying get you killed, but not really. No, I mean, either way, yeah. very, very low, yeah. which means it's a huge disappointment for everybody involved. <laughs> or Except Shannon for Shannon. loved it. We'll find out later. <laughs> we'll no spoilers. Later. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to take a little disco break and then we will briefly go through the 2008 remake. Prom night, prom night, prom night. <laughs> And we're back. Ah! We're going to be talking 
about April Fool's Day 2008, the remake. I should say, actually, when I was talking about Slaughter High earlier, I panicked uh, because I found out there is... It, it, they were trying to do a remake of it and luckily they never did so don't worry we don't have to we don't have to cover it um, but it fell apart however Spain stole all of the story and did their own remake uh, called Los Innocentes uh, which is like April Fool's Day over there or something and it takes all of the same story and just remakes it when we get to our wrap up I'm gonna I'm getting an import of that so because it's kind of hard to track down I'll watch it and I'll chat about it briefly in a wrap up but it's not an official remake so we don't count it in gotcha. series. That's why I'm justifying us not covering Slaughter High. April Fool's Day, it gets a 3.8 out of 10 on the IMDb that seems scale. High. <laughs> Directed by 3.8. Oh, I thought you said 6.8, and I was like, no, excuse no, 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 no. me. I mean, 3.8. I'm still 3. like, 3.8 is really too uh, high. That's still. Yeah. Spoilers. Showing your hands a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Directed by the Butcher Brothers. And all that really matters is that they're still working. Oh, that's upsetting. <laughs> Everybody in this film is still working, and it's also it's upsetting. Other than the writer. Yeah. Um, I think working it, it, is a loose term mm-hmm. that you're using here. They're mm-hmm. making money. Correct. Doing this job. And it's moments like this that make me very upset about my own career. Well, Shannon, I mean, you, you should be, be in reasons. zombie strippers. I don't know why That's you can't hey, be in good films that like preview stage, is for it stage this movie five looked amazing. or stage six that this is the production yeah. company. I don't know why you don't just start tweeting at them right now. Because her, her father would disown her. <laughs> I mean, your you dad's would, never going to watch these movies. A hundred percent. I mean, Tim Allen's not in them. He does, uh, right. Tim Allen or Nick Cage aren't in them. He's not there for it. <laughs> God, can you imagine a film with Tim Allen and Nick Cage? Uh, it would be um, my father's everything. That's insane. Uh, written by Mikey Wigart, who has done nothing else. Uh, but it was he wrote basically what they're calling a teleplay based on the earlier screenplay, which was by Danilo Back mm-hmm. and the two directors. Uh, DP'd by Michael Maley, who also did The Hamiltons, which was the director's previous film. He's since He did quite DP'd a lot of stuff that, to be honest, I don't know. But he did. He then sort of regressed a bit, but to go higher, he's become a gaffer um, again and doing sort of like less just straight DP work. And he did the gaffer work on Jurassic World. Oh shit! So I think he's trying to go backwards to go upwards. Music by James Stemple, who the only thing that interested me was he did the music for the 1993 animated Pink Panther cartoon. Hmm. Oh, that's obviously did not. (laughs) Yeah. Starring Taylor Cole as Desiree Cartier, who's been in Dumbbells, 12 Rounds, The Green Hornet, The Original, CSI Miami, The Event, and Heroes. Just the name Josh. Desiree Cartier. Mm-hmm. Right. Are we, are we making a soap opera? Because I think we're making a soap opera, you guys. Mm-hmm. Josh Henderson as Blaine Cartier. He's been in Step Up before this film. Yep. He was He'd like already been in Step Up. He was like a thing around this time. He was he was the def by far the biggest name in this movie. He was a thing. Did they for film sure. this and then sit on it for years? <laughs> like yeah, Desperate Housewives, Nine Hundred Two One Zero, Dallas, The Arrangement, Scout Taylor Compton, uh, who Katie we've talked about before, uh, as Torrance Caldwell. She was in Gilmore I'm Girls. Shaking my head right now. Mm-hmm. Charmed, The Runaways, Twenty Four Seven, Two Four Seven Fahrenheit, Nashville. But we know her as the Laurie Strode in the Rob Zombie remakes of Halloween and Halloween 2, taking over. This girl took over from Jamie Lee Curtis in that role 
in the remake. I did not like her then. Upsetting. Do not like her now. (laughs) I'm going to be calling her Laura Strode for the rest of the film. Please don't. That's Uh, insulting to Laurie Strode. (laughs) That is true. Joe Agenda as Ryan. It's been in Alcatraz and The Night Of. Jennifer Sybil Newsom as Barbie. Mm-mm. Let that just sink in for a second. Uh, yeah. She was in something called Life. Just go ahead and throw that back up for a second. Yeah. Samuel Child as Peter Welling. He was in The Hamiltons and The Thompsons, again, directed by these same people. Joseph McKellar, or Kelhia, as Charles Lansford, who was also in The Hamiltons and The Thompsons, budgeted at an estimated, not confirmed, estimated $5 million. Ugh, that's upsetting. I feel sick. Mm-hmm. Which presumably Josh Henderson took most of. I, w- I mean, yeah, uh, I yeah. would assume so. Very hard to know how much it grossed because this is a straight-to-DVD film, straight-to-digital. Did not Tell get the articles as far as I could find anyway. <laughs> not much to talk about this. I tried to find interviews. No one wants to talk about it. There's nothing yeah. <laughs> really there is, I don't there. want to talk about pair, it. I think it's one sentence on Wikipedia about this film that I looked up after we finished it because I was Well, it's more than my career has baffled. on Wikipedia. It's about to be my birthday. If uh, anyone out there wants to give me a birthday present, give me a Wikipedia page. Oh, <laughs> I'm 100% doing that for you. 100%. It's all I want in life. That's all he wants, Shannon. <laughs> yeah. I've been saying it for years. No one ever listens to me. Originally meant to be a simple remake. They were just going to redo the original film, but then they rewrote it to be more modern. Ah. That's <laughs> I, what that My only is. story about this is I had trouble. I've never seen this film. I was new to this one along with you guys. The cover had been enough to put me off. The most photoshopped cover of oh, all yeah. time. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. It the looks cover, like a soap opera. Yeah. The cover, like, though, even made me cover. excited. Because I was like, I'm gonna... It looks like I'm probably gonna see boobs. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. No. I mean, I feel there are other things you can do with your life if you just want to see boobs. Maybe you don't need to watch the slasher films. But I want them to show up in non-porn areas. That's what makes it exciting. I know. I know, isn't it ridiculous that it's like way more <laughs> exciting to see nudity, male or female, when it's out of context of where you expect to see nudity? Yes. Yeah, 100%. That's why Even if you're in slasher like films, like you looking out of your nudity. window and you see your neighbor or something that's like vacuuming naked, that's yeah. way more exciting than if you were to just sit there and watch porn. Also, if you're but Katie's neighbor listening to this, shut your drapes. <laughs> Stop vacuuming, Nate. <laughs> but it's also in a slasher film, you do expect na- nudity. You so it's weird. You're going there for the nudity. Stop vacuuming naked. I'm going to be so mad at you. <laughs> it's the highlight of my day. <laughs> my, my vaguely funny story with this was I went to watch this on my Apple TV box because the only way to see it in HD. And I scrolled through to find it. And I've got like 350, 60 horror films on there. So I'm going through it to like the A, which is obviously right at the top. And I'm like, okay, there's April Fool's Day, the original. And then there's no April Fool's Day to remake. I was like, oh shit, maybe I didn't buy it properly on iTunes. So I went back on iTunes. I was like, no, you definitely bought it. So I'm like, okay. So I went back to my Apple TV box. It's like, where the fuck is this? It's categorized in the comedy category on Apple oh, TV. Oh, interesting. I guess- which other than a couple of moments, which I know for sure the film thinks it's being hilarious and it's not. Right. I don't think they're trying to make a comedy. No, because there's nothing. I mean, I find nothing about this movie funny. Absolutely nothing. Like you said, I recognize the moments where, okay, you're trying to like poke fun at yourself a bit, but in no way was the intention for this movie that they're making a comedy. The intention for this movie is that they're making something serious. And it's all upsetting. (laughs) 
That was one of my short. Because I like this idea someone on Apple was just like, fuck this movie. I'm putting it in the comedy bracket. Yeah. That's what Probably. he Probably if, if they were like, we want people to laugh, got confused with, we want people to physically impale their self on something sharp while watching this film, that's how it got put oh, in the comedy man. section. Yeah. We all love this movie. Uh, people are waiting with bated breath for which wins the verses on this. April the 1st, 2007, we're in some palatial estate. A chef fakes cutting not, his finger off. We have off. to set the scene, right, for gross films? Or are we going to oh, skip shit. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We did it for prom this. night. I mean, it's the same I know. year as... we got to do it. But we should just run through them quick. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, worldwide box office gross for 2008. You know, there's some... <laughs> Notables outside the top 10 of like number 16, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, 14. Katie's cutting in. Slumdog Millionaire. Sorry, I'm just going quick through this because we've done it before. Let's see. Number 11, Sex in the City. And, oh, and number 13, Twilight. Like, so there's some notables outside. But the top 10, The Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian coming in at number 10. Number 9, Wally. Oh, Wally. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, the Mars rover, they just basically killed it and oh. I, all i can think about is wally wally i was like yeah. it's just wally up there on mars and now he's dead now he's dead yep yeah just littering space pretty much number eight we have the original iron man number seven we have quantum of solace number six madagascar escape to africa number five mama mia yeah there you go you're welcome number four musicals the next week that's true. I'm so excited. Number four, I'm, which I'm shocked this movie made as much money as it did, Hancock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Will Smith was a big thing at that point. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, he's about to be the genie, you guys. Come on. <laughs> I, no. I'm not here for that. Number three, Kung Fu Panda. Number two, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I'm about to watch this one. I'll let you know how I feel about it. There you go. And coming in at number one. I'm only 10 years the behind. The Dark Knight. <laughs> Katie, what horror landscape is this remake launching itself into to be judged against? I mean, super surprising, but my list does not coalesce in any way with Shannon's list. <laughs> uh, we have Anaconda 3, Offspring, The Burrowers, Cloverfield, which is actually really good. We have Day of the Dead as well as Dance of the Dead. And one of my all-time favorite horror films, I know I'm very almost singular in this camp, is Dead Girl. I'm, I love this film. You are. It's pretty you are singular in this camp. I, I like it. Hey, Christina. I liked you. Quarantine, which is... Did, is that in... Have you guys done yep, that one? Yeah, we just covered yeah. it in Rec, in the Rec yeah. series. In the retrospective. Retrospective. Oh, Which me and Alex only just came up yesterday when we did a regular show, and we're like, how did we come up with this too late? You guys, you're a little slow to that party. Uh, you also have Let the Right One In, also excellent. And Saw 5. Do you have like Saw 5? Okay. Oh, and The Strangers, which I hate. But There's only no because activity that it's year? too good. No. Interesting. But we're okay, so we're right in the middle of getting out of sorry, not we're at the tail end of the torture porn stuff. We're moving into the spookies. Yeah, I mean to be honest, it doesn't matter what year this comes this film comes out in, but it is gobsmacking to me that this is a two thousand and eight film. 
it feels much, I, I much, much like older. It feels like 1994. 1994 is what, if you had told me, just guess what year is this movie from, I would have said 1993, 1994. Yes, I agree. There's only one thing that places it past 96 for me. And Her we'll haircut? get to that later. No, one actor's performance that is based on another actor from a different slasher film from 96. Oh. I thought you were going to talk about the cars because they no, talk no. about the specific car that she wants oh, yeah. at one point. They and I was like, so much the only about Mercedes. thing that puts this where it is meant mm-hmm. to be. So yeah, April 1st, 2007, uh, big old rich house, a chef fakes cutting his finger off, and then we're introduced to some rich bitch who's called Miss Cartier, who tells them to quit messing around as a guest will arrive soon. Turns out her brother was behind this prank, so we're into the pranks straight away, and we're actually getting some found footage as well straight away. But just from the opening, I, I immediately, from the first 10 seconds, you know. You know what you're into. Oh, yeah. But not just the depth the f- of what you're into yet. <laughs> no. Like, nothing can just, get you uh, prepared for what's about to happen. Yeah. I wrote down, I already find this movie confusing. <laughs> but I will say that I already find the vibe of this party more on beat with what I would expect for pretentious rich kids to be doing. Because in the original one, I did not get the vibe that they were privileged kids. Like, they didn't do crazy parties they were just kind of all hanging out in the first one yeah just, you know playing soccer See, I feel, and i feel the opposite there was no extravagance the, this i feel one the I opposite like this this feels to me and i don't know about in 2008 but like this feels to me like yeah the idea of what people think rich people do which i'm sure there are you know estates in bel-air or whatever where the teenage kids are getting up to this kind of thing i'm sure of it Mm -hmm. but for the most people who are going to you know privileged schools and trying to get doctorates and all that stuff yeah i felt that's one of the things i liked about the original was it was it felt like a more grounded version of sure some of these people have a lot of money some don't have as much money they're all very privileged in terms of schooling that you know they were hopefully going to big things but they just felt still felt like people and Mm -hmm. i like that dynamic between it didn't typecast them as just rich and annoying well this i mean it immediately feels like an episode of dynasty to me like immediately um and except i guess it's set in the south like in uh south carolina and you just get this smattering of no southern accent southern accent no southern accent bad southern (laughs) accent terrible southern accent worse southern accent accent that goes in and out like which Jesus is all going to be lost Christ. in a year oh, after yeah. this, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh, nobody clothes. has an accent. Man, the fucking clothes everyone's wearing around this table. Oh yes. So oh. you go to these like young, uh, the, her young friends and they're introducing this new girl into high society, which I don't understand. I didn't either. I don't, well, I don't, I don't comprehend. It's a debutante ball. From? It's a thing in the South, which is why I think it is just place in the South for this and why this party makes sense as you do. You have a coming out party, but it's normally for like an entire class of debutantes to be introduced to society. And it, I but think what it's, gets her introduced? Like, where does she come from? Why wasn't she already in high society? It's, like, it's the same thing as like a, a bat mitzvah if you're Jewish, right? Of it's like, at a certain it's age. just a, at a certain okay, age. So it's it's an a age. rite of passage. Okay. And it's normally like your father presenting you, right? Of like, your father is introducing you. You're a woman now. And here, okay. please okay. take so it's my an daughter. Age thing. <laughs> I didn't get that at all. I was like, I don't understand. Did she just move here? Like, did her family just get money? Like, I was very confused. Yeah, it's no. like she's 18 um, now. It used to be, it used to be, they would present, basically, when you became a woman, 
they would present you so that suitors would know you were available. Yeah. So that's right, right. the heritage yeah, of it's it. It's just the dad saying, she's on the market. Yeah, basically, give me, show me your best deal for right. if you want to marry my daughter. Oh, that dress she's in. Oh, oh. my God. I Everybody's mean, dressed. I did really appreciate Come that. On. I was like, I feel like I saw these in the, all the prom magazines I looked at <laughs> at this time. Cra- they're crazy. <laughs> and your mom was I like, c- no, I could those imagine... are too slutty, Shannon. <laughs> yeah. If I'm really straining and using my imagination for what I think they would want to be doing, I could imagine that they're wanting to do like a cruel intentions. Like yes, that's 100%. where I feel they're yeah. aiming, but completely missing. And then all the grown-ups turn up. It's a full house ball, although they can't afford a quartet, just a trio of string players. So not that yeah. much money. Um, and then this weird fucking vibe between, oh, everyone's all dressed up and quartet and then suddenly just weird pop music yeah and you just keep going back and forth between the two i'm just so confused with what what is happening it's so weird and then the camera tells me that we've been introduced to our final girl which is actually the one who ends up getting killed supposedly blondie Mm -hmm. Um, and i just was like please god no don't let her be our final girl Uh, because she turns up she's got a feud going with the new muffy Who's, who she, she works with handicapped children, which Muffy uses a different words for, which I'm not comfortable with using. Mm-hmm. So I won't. And then they make it immediately clear to us that brother and sister are planning something that night. Right. Um, but yeah, just such a strange juxtaposition between high society strings and then bad, cheap disco party orgies. Like people are just fucking making out and taking yeah. their clothes off. And it's very strange. Well, there's like this one really heavy set guy who's just topless this entire scene and he's just grinding and it's just really weird yeah like it's meant it's to a, it looks a water like pig. people have been taking crazy pills yeah it's a very like strange they party. go from it zero doesn't, to it six doesn't make any sense because the, the grown-ups turn up yeah. it'd be one thing if the grown-ups left and then it turns into yeah, yeah. no the grown-ups are there but, participating well not only that so but weird. these people are meant to be grown up like these, they're not even meant to be, co- like they're meant to be almost older than college. Mm. Yeah. So it's yeah. strange. And that's, and then they were almost the same age as the girl whose coming out party it is. So yeah. I was really just confused. Um, however, the people we were introduced to you, yeah, one is this new, the new hick boy who is definitely rich and going into politics, but incredibly stupid. And then gets drunk, and his wife is the brains behind everything. And then yeah. he gets drunk and just starts saying stupid things to the new camera boy who's the only sort of vaguely, I guess, nice one here. And we do get... Barbie's uh, advice. I mean, I have to say... Huh? Barbie's advice? No, I was going to say a fantastic line, (laughs) which where he, like, says all this stuff to the camera guy and then says if that ends up on the internet, I'll have you raped by a wizard. I know, I (laughs) love that. Oh, my God. He has the best lines in this whole thing. He does have the best lines. I've written down at least four of his lines in my notes. Yeah, I have that one written down as well. That's the only one I noticed, so let me know the other ones. Oh, there's some great ones. I also liked uh, Barbie's advice to the camera of marry rich and don't get fat. (laughs) (laughs) It's solid. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) I mean, I have to impress right now. if If we weren't doing this series... I would have stopped. Like, there's no yeah. way past five, ten seconds, yeah. a minute into this movie, I'm going any further. Yeah. Like, it's this is we're gonna like make this sound fun. <laughs> it is not a fun movie to watch. No, it's, it's a slog. I literally think spoilers, but I literally think this might be the worst movie I've ever seen in my <laughs> entire 
life. I will I say find... probably the last 20 minutes were just me and Shannon going, Ugh. Yeah. That makes me so happy if we found your new low. I find no redeeming qualities. <laughs> Do not resuscitate. I watch resuscitate. a lot of bad films. I don't know if I can say that sentence because I've watched things that are incredulous, but there's a level where you judge something out when it had a budget of $5 million and actors who have, all these actors have worked and continue to yeah, work. continue to work. So that's a different level where you have to go, well, this is more inexcusable than some of yes. the worst things I've seen. 100%. Where they had no money and no talent and no whatever. But yeah, so the sister's uh, blonde nemesis. They, she used to be friends with the camera guy who's clearly still into her, but she's got eyes for the sexy brother Cartier. <laughs> and I love when she's turning to the camera guy and just says like the most insulting thing. Like, How's the whole movie thing going? And he's like, well, great, clearly, because uh, I'm just hand-holding a camera at a fucking party. <laughs> right. Yeah. The brother's chatting up Blondie. And then she says that the champagne's hitting her. We get some very weird directing decisions here with the camera going all blurry. Yeah, yeah. it's very... I didn't understand what was happening. It's very strange. It's like, oh, they think they're being arty. So they go up to a bedroom because you know what? When a girl's feeling drugged, let's get kissy kissy. Right. And then she's revealing that she can't be the final girl because apparently she's a human bicycle and sleeps yeah. around with everything one and needs lots of penicillin all the time. Right. So I'm confused at the beginning. I'm just like, oh, is it going to be the camera guy? Is it going to be an actual final guy? Which is rare yeah. in the slasher film. The sister and this journalist, though, they're filming everything that's going on with the brother and, and Blondie making out and getting undressed. She has the smallest waist I think I've ever seen in the entire Oh, world. yeah. yeah, It's insane. I'm really digging this corset underwire thing she's got Mary on Mary Widow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shannon taught me a new phrase. I'm Mary Widow. I had Thank no idea you. what that was. Thank you. Years of costuming. No idea. <laughs> Something good came from the film. There you go. I want to love about this. They're like at the door talking loudly, filming her and her brother going at it or about to go at it and then the married like politicians turn up and a camera boy turns up and everyone just grabs and go, just hey, like, what's, oh what's happening here? let's watch this what's this well, happen? and they're filming it like it's this it's this crazy thing and i was like everyone's like wait till we put this on the internet and i'm like it's literally just her having a very normal yeah. sexual life yeah so i don't yeah. know she's not doing anything bad yeah, you know, no, she's not doing it to get something. No, it's just it's she not likes like he's underage or she's underage or they're doing anything kinky. Like it's just really basic. Yep. So I don't really not even understand out. the point of this prank that they're pulling. No, I don't understand any of anything. Or well, how how Frank could be the guy who produced this movie is bewildering. She chokes though; she has allergic reaction to whatever she was given, and what I'm not understanding understanding till way later in the movie is that the others don't know that she's been drugged yeah like i felt at this point that the brother was in on yeah she's been given a roofie a hundred percent it's very not clear yeah if any yeah uh, especially since they said at the beginning that they're like just wait till later or something like you yeah. can tell that yeah, they're yeah, in yeah. cahoots and i the whole time i was like i thought everyone knew that she'd been roofied yeah especially if the plan was to film her having sex i would think yeah. that they wouldn't assume that they the could just do that <laughs> well you'd, yeah you'd one she wants to have sex with him and two he's not i presume he's not gonna have sex with her if she just passes out on the bed and then you film yeah. that because then what you're filming is rape of your yeah. brother yeah. 
Yeah. Then so. we just have House on Sorority Row all over again. <laughs> Fucking weird. Yeah. So she chokes and then falls off the little inside balcony and dies. And the new girl, the Laurie Strode remake, is really upset about this as if they're best buddies and I had right. no idea. Yeah. We, like, I as far as I was concerned, they just met yeah. at that party. But I guess they're meant to know each other. I don't know. I think. It's crazy. Because I, I think. She acts like it's her sister. Yeah. I think there's a moment, though, where when they're talking that the blonde girl, I think the blonde girl is meant to be like her mentor and like gives her the advice to not let, you know, this world sort of change her, if you will. Yeah, but they still act like even in that conversation that that's the first conversation they've ever had. Yeah. So it's not, this is it's not a long-standing it's so companionship weird. or friendship. Yeah. She's like, no, my one friend that I met 10 minutes ago. Well, and yeah. then later in the film, we're going to realize that she was she was more upset about the fact that it happened on her, that it ruined her party. Right. Than yeah. it was that someone actually died. Because everybody's unlikable in this movie. So... Hang on, wait, there's a, there's a court hearing in a slasher film, which I was immediately like, what is happening here? We yeah. do not have court hearings for the deaths in slasher movies. It's because um, we're actually watching a soap opera. Yeah. Yeah, no, we are. This we're is, watching, we're an watching of a soap opera. Yeah. It's Dynasty. So, Dynasty, Dynasty, yeah. So, Cartier brother, he's getting his money taken away from him, and his sister's going to be designated a beneficiary of the trust. And that's his, that's his right. punishment for, for drugging and killing someone. Yeah. Don't understand this court ruling. Definitely not, not going to understand the court ruling really later. they're not really taking his money away. They're just giving someone else control of it. Yeah. Who's obviously Which very close sister. to him. There's yeah. pictures of them in so many places <laughs> just hugging and loving each other. So it's not like she's going to withhold. It doesn't, it, it doesn't make any sense. And then we get some uh, fucking TV news interview. Ugh. I was like, this, this the, film is so the weird. The ticker at the bottom is what was my favorite part. I was not paying attention to any of the interview. I was just watching the ticker at the bottom, which like didn't say anything uh, super hilarious, but it was just like m- so mundane about it was funny yeah. to me. It was like showing basketball or football or sports scores and it'd be like L.A. win. Yeah. Raider or so and so lose. Like, it's like weather is going to be weather. Like yeah. it's just so like no one could even put effort into this. It's so stupid. Yeah. So what we didn't say was at the um party there was this blogger Channing Tatum. It's Channing guy. Tatum. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The gossip yeah, I don't even know. I don't even really know what his job is. But yeah, he's a gossip blogger. Some yeah. shit. Who's very weird because he's definitely meant to be gay, but then he also seems highly interested in just all the girls around him. Yeah, it's very strange. His open opportunity. But like he's doing a bad impression of a gay man. It's terrible. It's like it's like offensive how bad he is. Yeah, even with the little dog that goes everywhere with him. Yeah. So as they remark about, he's he's very quickly written a book about what happened in two months. Written it, got it printed, signed, and then it's coming out. Someone says something about this um, not being the first time a Cartier stunt has ended in tragedy. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking something's going to come back later. Yeah. Does it? Nope. Did I miss something? Nope. It's I'm just, like, oh, the parents are going to be involved in some way. Uh, that's what I thought, too. I was like, because they're presu- cause they're dead, but we have no idea why or how or whatever. And it just, yeah, nothing. 
So then we skipped to March the 31st, 2008, and I was like, holy shit, that was just the intro. <laughs> that was the setup for this movie. Uh, uh, which is Brother Cartier can't get it up anymore. All he can do is sit on the edge of bed smoking moodily <laughs> while right. girls in lingerie mill around. <laughs> right. <sighs> it's just like, he's just thinking, you know, for a year. He's just been thinking. Yeah. And then we get a fucking a really weird scene with the blog guy jumping in after his dog in the swimming pool. And then it sort of, and it like turns out really it was a fake shorts. dog. They're the best shorts. Yeah. <laughs> well, Silver. we'll get to those. We'll definitely get to those later because I have a theory on something. But he learns it was a fake dog. And then it just fades slowly to black. And we don't learn until way later that he's drowned. Yeah. And I was just like, well, did someone accidentally like hit the fade swim. button? He's yeah, been they t- said oh, that he can't They told swim. us that he can't swim. Who said that? At, at the, the beginning, party. in the at the party, he says something, and then he's like, or someone tells says about him. Well, he can't swim, so yeah, okay. So that's well, all still, that's said. You don't finish the scene like this. No, you don't just fade gradually to yep. black as he's just fallen in and it's, it's as though they edited it on iMovie. It's great. <laughs> they just press like random. Yeah, <laughs> it just did stuff. Miss Cartier, all grown up now, very different I personality. Hear, hear. Oh yeah, she's dressed different. The whole her whole character is completely different and marginally. I mean, I have to say, uh, terrible, but marginally more digestible than at least her character before. My worry was they're going to have these characters for the whole film, and she's at least a little bit remorseful. And her brother, I'm going to gradually decide is my favorite character in this film as I go through because he's so ridiculous. Yeah. And on his own little weird journey that it's, yeah, yeah. kind of hilarious. It's, she gets a letter inviting her to the grave of dead Blondie. And then thinks that she sees Blondie while driving and she gets all apologetic when she nearly hits someone, which doesn't seem at all running like and smoking at the right? same time. <laughs> and it's at a so four-way stop. So this is going to be a comedy. So technically, there's, four, there's a four-way stop. She stops for pedestrians and then starts to go. And this guy runs in front of her car. Right. So it's actually his fault. Sounds like LA. Even though this isn't in LA. This doesn't, I mean, this is the thing is, I appreciate her character's changed from remorse or whatever, and I guess 10 months of growing up. Um, but yes. this is too much, all right? She's yeah. such, she's a completely different character. She's all apologetic. Right. I know. She's, well, and then later we're meant to, because she doesn't treat her staff badly, and we're meant to find out later that her servant, one of her servants, is like, because you've always been such a fucking bitch. And I'm like, right. she yeah. was fine to you. Yeah. She, yeah, she was never fine now. mean. Well, even well, to the, no, she was fucking mean in the opening. But not that bad. Like, she could have just been stressed. She's about to throw a party and people are fucking around in the kitchen yeah. and, like, cutting no, their fingers off. she's clearly a nightmare in the I know, the but I'm just scene. saying we don't see this awful, like, overreaching awfulness from her. No, not now. Not now. But I don't know. No. Yeah. I wouldn't put... I would, I would walk out for sure. Yeah, so she spent the last year regretting what happened, but now she's come to terms with it after 10 months. You know how you do when you accidentally kill someone. Right. And you're really sad about it for 10 months. Be like, well, now I've come to terms with it. So yeah. you, my brother, should car, also come. So she's fine. So she's good. She got that stage that she was after the whole time. So she gets her brother to head to the gravesite uh, because he's been invited as well. And they, they run into Camera Boy. They run into the, the new debutante girl. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Camera Boy's there. And she comes in, the, the debutante. 
and she crouches down next to him and clearly they didn't think about the height of her skirt while doing blocking for this scene so she has to hold her handbag awkwardly in front of yep. her thighs yeah because it 100 percent is like they did one take and then someone leant in and was like you could see up her skirt mm-hmm. <laughs> so then they're just like someone would have to go to a private lead say, put your handbag in front of your knees yep. yeah and then all you can read in her acting is her having just received this information and worrying about where the camera placement is with um, how she's holding her handbag and that's how that whole shot plays <sighs> now the politicians so turn up and then we're into a scene from seven because a courier comes uh, yeah, a, who makes deliveries letter. at a fucking tombstone? <laughs> who delivers to a tombstone? If I question that, then I have to question the ending of Seven, the greatest film of all time. No, so I will true. not question it. I'm going to give the film that. Right. If the murderer, ba- ba- letter basically says, if the murderer doesn't come forward, then all of them will die. And then there's a video of Charles drowning. Two questions. Number one. I thought we know. I thought we know who the murderer is. I thought it was blatantly like we know the sister planned and did everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in my head, the brother was in on it too. So I'm like, yeah. it was obvious that it was these two, and it was an accident. Like they planned to roofie her and embarrass her, but not for her to fall off of a banister right. and die. So I don't understand why yeah, there is confusion. No yeah. So it was, it was until way later in the film, I was like, oh, are they trying to make it like? Yeah, the video guy could have put Rufus in a drink or something, or like someone. I because think, there's nothing to make I, me doubt that think it's anyone other than the cardio. Yeah, I think that they are tr- they're really trying to make it a who done it, but they forgot that they told us who done it. <laughs> <laughs> Rule number one of who done it, guys. <laughs> yeah, don't it's, tell us who done so it. So then they the just start throwing to- in more information in order to make it more confusing. It's, it's bewildering and to be fair to them the original April Fool's Day yeah you open with that scene where they're brazenly letting you know oh Muffy's up to no good right there's pranks stuff happening but then they distract you with twist after twist after yes. twist and it might be too twisty that's you know we'll see at the end but in this there's nothing it's like well I don't understand I'm like who, we all know everyone in that circle knows who killed her and, and also my second question is who am I meant to be rooting for because now we've None got a group that's like, I don't care about any of these people. Absolutely. The only one you could like come close to caring about is maybe camera guy because he gets like shat on so much. Oh, he's the worst. But like, I would rather it. watch her brother smoke and think at the end of a bed than this guy for the entire film. <laughs> I'm telling you, he was, my, he was my least favorite until near the end. I was like, I think I like him the most. Pickens oh, uh, are slim. Because he starts doing, sen- he's the guy who starts doing sensible things. Like they all want to go to police here. And he's like, no, this is like, could they go to find the dead body of Charles to just verify that this guy mm-hmm. did indeed drown? Because again, like us, the audience, we need verification that drowning happened because we didn't get right. to see it. And then somehow Video Boy falls in the pool with him. I don't even know how yeah, I that don't happens. Get that. Yeah. And then yeah, and they leave. And again, the 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 brother's making sensible decisions already. So, like, well, this is a bad place for us to be. We need to leave. We'll make an anonymous call to the police. It's like, yes, I agree. Katie disagrees. I disagreed. <laughs> I disagreed here with that because if if I was under suspicion or I'd already been convicted technically of a murder and was under like my family name was suspicious for like I would 100% just call the cops look we're standing here we just found our friend this is something that was sent to us this is what's happening 
put it up on I someone mean, else's I, in hands. real life i would do that but yeah. as far as a character making a sensible decision i can i believe this like it doesn't seem as stupid they're gonna make one later which is doing the same thing and it's ridiculous but yeah i mean rule number um, one of how to survive in a slasher don't try to cover up your murders rule number one and this is where we get this incredible shot of charles at the bottom of the pool butt up silver shiny underwear i like him yep he's got a cute tush i know i'm telling you channing tatum they linger on this shot for so long so long and honest to god what it really feels to me much like we could tell that scene earlier what's going through the actor's head and what's happened with the crew it's always bad when you watch a film and you can tell what the crew's Mm -hmm. discussing between shots you can absolutely tell the actor's like i can hold my breath for a really long time yeah and like all right just do it for as long as you can and then they get to the edit and they're like you can you can hold it for a really long time it's 100 100 percent. this shot is to the frame before he suddenly goes it comes out of it back to the oh, surface and, and the director's right. so impressed with how great this looks because he looks like he's really dead because he's holding it for so long that they left in every fucking frame of it and it's way too long yeah it's so long <laughs> and it's weirdly perverted because you're just looking at his silver pants that's yep. all you, <laughs> you're looking yep. at there's some weird bromance going on between video guy and the brother which I kind of like I think it's accidental yeah. but yeah, yeah. They're agreeing on stuff, and I was like, "Oh, I like that as a dynamic." I just don't think you meant that for that to be there. But, and this is where we learn that the debutante girl is now an actress and sleeping with her directors to to get through life, and that's her alibi that she wasn't the murderer. I mean, that's what you have to do. That's why my career is where it is because I'm a prude. <laughs> you just need those late night. Uh, Practice. Where's that casting couch? Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Mm-hmm. So this this politician guy in this film, who did I say in the last one? No, I said Kevin Bacon for the other role. In this film, it's a politician guy Ow. for me. He should, be, yeah, he should be played by Andy Sandberg. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. See, like. we get Channing Tatum, we get Andy Sandberg in here. I'm. I'll be yeah, more on board with this. Entirely different movie. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's talent involved. The Cartier's finally address who, of who sent them the package, and it's Brian, the video guy. So they think it might be him. And then Barbie gets got by electrocution, which makes no sense because it's not a murder. Yeah. Like, it's very much just a weird final destination yeah. kind of scene. It's very, yeah. Um, but then she disappears. Debutante girl, she's doing a horror movie. We're going to get a scene within the scene. It's going to be very postmodern slash meta slash Mm -hmm. scream shannon was nervous because she's like no we're actually gonna have to watch someone die yeah (laughs) well i wrote down the opposite i wrote down goddamn the horror movie she's making in this movie looks a lot more fun than i agree this was probably the only point that shannon looked scared yeah this is probably my favorite (laughs) scene in the movie just because of like the meta i found that to be fun you know right well, it I makes recommend me you sad watch that Scream know, 2 and 3. It look, so from this scene, we can tell they know how to make a horror film. Right. 100%. And then they're like, laugh at that. You're like, that's the movie you're meant to be making, you guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, it, and it's still a bad horror film, but it's fucking oh, yeah. better than this piece of but shit. It's better than this. Right. Um, 
Yeah, if you get any enjoyment out of that, Shannon, you definitely... You could handle the Scream films now, for sure, and they're actually made with good writers, good actors that you know, music that you'll enjoy from the 90s, and so many industry winks and guests, like from Carrie Fisher to Jane Silent Bob to like oh, all okay. these people coming and going. And for instance, not to spoil anything, but Scream 4 starts with, it's so meta, you're inside a movie, inside a movie, inside a movie, inside yes, a movie. Yes, <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> I also liked in this and in the original how you they sh- they kind of show you how the effects are done, like yeah. at the last scene of the original when she slits Muffy's throat. I I never knew how they did that, and I think that that's yeah, so yeah. cool. It's kind of like seeing how a magic marks. trick is done. So this was also the only part of the film I really liked because I was like, oh, I never knew how they did that. Well, they also have because we're on set and they actually do a snake callback here, yeah. which is pretty much the only callback to yeah. the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they try to call the police, but a policeman who's uh, just in an unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable set uh, says that the brother's already called five times that day to do the same. So it doesn't believe them because, you know, when someone repeatedly keeps calling about murders, that's when you should stop. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> These kids are just playing their old pranks. There's an absolutely insane scene in a car park as Peter Politics gets got. Can we? Yeah. Which? Oh, this scene. So I. So the scene before this, where we go to his office, right, and like the Bobsy twins of like the brother and Ryan start flicking the cardboard cutout at him. I just wanted to be pointed out. That's the last note that I took because everything past <laughs> this was so horrendous i couldn't even like i couldn't even bring myself to write down my thoughts about it this car chase scene (laughs) is so distractingly bad because a as i pointed out to katie she switches she's wearing these knee-high kitten-heeled boots and then as she's running around the car park they don't film her so that you can't see her fucking feet and see that she's clearly wearing tennis shoes that they gave her knee-high socks with so that it looks like the boots but it's very clearly not the boot she's like and instead of editing out her feet they just show it there's just there's such like like literally i feel like the crew the director the cinematographer they all did the same thing that i did post the politician scene they were like ah we don't care anymore let's do there's no point it's it's not even a chase scene the car scene is so ridiculous that i actually and i hated it anytime i had to rewind something in this film because i was taking a note to like recheck something i really resented having to rewind and rewatch yeah. something and i had to rewind that scene to go what did i miss because yeah. it's just like it's so fucking bizarre yeah. just following yeah. his face on this van around yeah it's well, so long and he, so when he's boring. being chased by this van in the parking garage he's literally going whoa yeah oh, whoa. like that kid like, that character 100 percent thought he was in a comedy it's like pink panther music yeah it sounds yep. like it's meant to be a comedy. Like they think that this is meant to be funny, but they're playing it straight. Yeah. At the same yeah. time. They're all in different movies. And I agree with Shannon. And I was just reading over the rest of my notes and I have, I just want this all to stop. Please just end this boring movie. I am in pain watching this, like in physical pain, this fucking movie. We don't need explanations. Please just end this movie. Fuck this fucking dumb movie. That's yeah. the rest of my notes. Yeah. I mean, this is the point where I gave up all hope. 
I think I was just this typing has, to like relieve my over, stress. This has 60% the budget that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake has that came out like two years before. It's gobsmacking. Yeah. It, re- it really is. I just, I want to see the budget breakdown. I want to mm-hmm. know where the, where the money went. I think the IRS should have audited the shit out of this movie. Cause I feel like they this movie did not owes go to us this movie. money. Maybe that's why the budget is so big is because they had to pay people off for watching it afterwards. It's possible. <laughs> Maybe they had to pay for the rights to say the sentence that I had to rewind three times. Going, did I really say that? Because I swear to God, they go into the film studio and then she, she goes like Miss Cartier is i fucking hate saying i know she's she's following this car as a van and she sees it go into the film studio right right and she says the debutante's name which in a way that triggers to me oh she now thinks that it's the debutante right which apparently is not what they're trying to convey but what that then puts in my head is it's a debutante which as she's driving in apparently she's filming boogie nights too uh, I swear oh. to God. No, not Boogie. It's Boogie Man. Because yeah, it was Boogie one Man. of the previews uh. is for Boogie Man 2. Yeah. But there is there's two, there is a Boogie Man 2. I know, but that's yes, their film. But that's their film from the company no, that made this. No, but I mean, this. there actually is a film called Boogie Man 2. So no, I know, but they it's from the same production company yeah. as filmed this film. Is it really? Yeah, yes. it's one yeah, of the trailers. It's, previews. it's one of the previews that you can get before, on the DVD. That yeah. we are the oh, Blu-ray that we me. watched. There, that's why I was joking about zombie strippers with Shannon. Is that's also one of their films? Yeah, which we sure. did well, watch zombie that strippers. Preview. I get. Yeah, but it's the but same. Boogeyman is. Yeah, that's. I mean, I find that hard to believe. But before. but that's why they say that is because that's yeah. one of their because it's one of their films. <sighs> so that didn't cost them any money. Yeah. Okay. It's just internal promotion for a, probably another uh, shitty fucking movie. I've seen Boogeyman one, but not which was not was in a whole different. I mean, it was bad, but it was not this. Like there was competency happening in some forms of the uh, set. But yeah, she bra- she comes into Debutante's trailer and she's wearing a blonde wig. So again, from her just saying it, then I'm like, oh, she's 100% in on yeah. this is who it is. But apparently, no, she's convinced it's not her. Doesn't even cross her mind. It's so, like that this person's coming for her. And it's like the entire movie just told me it's her. Yeah. Because I thought that that's what your character was telling me. And now you're acting in a completely opposite way. And I obviously now know from how you're acting that it's 100% her. Everything's coming together. Mm-hmm. Is it? Um, or is it all just falling apart? <laughs> so the debutante girl reveals the camera boy has been videotaping her. Uh, mm. Which again, just makes you more sure it's her because she starts like saying, oh, it's got to be somebody else. Right. And he took off just before the thrilling car chase. So, must be him. So, they head over to his place, the two Cartiers. They find loads of creepy videotapes of them all in his apartment. So, they call the police again, thinking that it's him. But then, he gets his throat slashed in front of them as he comes back to his apartment. So, nope, it's not him. And neither of them think to look for the killer or worry that they might be about to die. They just do terrible acting over his apparently dead body. Yep. Which he'd have to be holding his breath for a long time because spoilers, he's not dead. Yeah, I like. What What do you say? What do you? Le- they're not can, even trying. Yeah, they're not even like, trying. Just no one's trying. They like, you know, at this point, even like us discussing it is like giving it too much breath. <laughs> I know. Well, normally I do eight pages of notes. This film has two and a half. So I'm nearly there, don't worry. Just the hashtags that we're probably going to use to put this up on our stuff is probably the most excitement that this film's going to get. Honest to God, they're, could they're I try to find it? Yeah. I think, I think there's a couple. 
I was trying to, whenever we do these, I'm always interested, like, which other podcasts have talked about these movies, how many, you know, how much of a limelight has it got? And it's always more than you'd think. I think I found maybe two that talked about this. And normally it's packaging it like we are with the original. It doesn't tend to get its own episode. And most of them are just, they mention, oh, yeah, that was a remake. Don't, you know, we can't even get through it. Yeah. Um, Why didn't we do that? <laughs> I know. Uh, I'd like that night of my life. The only thing that got me and Shannon through this was that the place that we ordered pasta from sent us free bread or garlic bread. Yeah. (laughs) That was the only excitement. Free carbs with your carbs. Yes. Yeah. But Shannon's found a new low, and I think that's an important place to be in filmmaking. You gotta gotta find the lowest as well as the highest. It's an important radius. So, yeah, Murder Weapon is the brother's wife. Sorry, brother's wife? His brother's knife. Yeah. So he's like, oh, no, we've got to get out of here. But then these three cops are turning up. The siblings walk right by the three cops. And then one of them's like, oh, no, I forgot my cuffs. So go get it. So he gets in the elevator with them. And it's hilarious. Like, Yeah. <laughs> when he gets into even before they did a scene of them all standing there, and he's just, like, looking back and forth between them. Uh, when he first gets in there, he's been right told. her boobs, by the way. <laughs> Is he really? He just checks her out and then looks at the brother. He doesn't yeah. even look at her face. I was like, you just blatantly looked at her chest. And when he first gets into, the, before the, clo- the doors close, you see him standing at the back and he's just like been told to look straight ahead. Yeah. So he's like, you can see him just thinking, no, I'm not going to do any acting. I'm just going to look straight. Just going to look straight, straight ahead. ahead is acting. Don't need to react to anything. <laughs> really bad. And also as them, you would go, hang on, we've now implicated because the police have seen us here. Right. They're finding a dead body and they've seen us leave. So now we have to talk to the and police. And they're very well-known faces. It's yes, been 100%. less than a year since his. they've both been all over the news. They're the Cartiers and they're leaving after an anonymous caller has called them the police mm-hmm. to come to Looking this place. guilty as And now fuck. they're yeah. walking away from a shitty apartment building it's like, what are you guys even doing here? And then, yeah. I, yeah, I nah, just... No. Yeah. Anyway, to go back to the house, the butler is dead. Someone who looks like Blondie starts chasing him around the house for a bit with zero suspense. And then yeah. surprise, it is indeed the deputant. Weird fate to black just out of nowhere again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut back and the brother and the sister are tied to chairs. And we got this whole reveal. Everybody was in on it. It was all an acting job. Even the, everything wrote, basically. We don't care about your explanation. Just to yeah. End the movie. Yeah. Everything is contingent on this movie that she's a part of because that's where the effects come from. That's where the actors for the cups come from. That's like, God bless production. Yeah. yeah and then they're explaining everything, and then they're trying to get the sister to admit that it was her fault. So Laurie shoots the brother sister admits it was her and then twist the brother's still alive that was all a fake out the brother was behind all of it just pushing her to admit that she was the killer while it was all filmed and the lawyer was listening um so that then he could regain the estate essentially and this is where i have it written down as he's doing his sort of like his crazy kind of acting to her he thinks he's skeet ulrich from scream oh he thinks like, 100%, he muzzles everything he does in this on Scream. And Skeet Ulrich was terrible in Scream to begin with. He's the worst thing in that movie. In a movie that's excellent, he's the worst. So, don't do that. Anyway, then 
debutante says the gun is just blanks and then shoots her sister and she dies. <laughs> yep, blows her head Best open. Best part! Best part! Oh, I mean, I'm glad at least it's trying to do some twists because one of my worry was this film wasn't even going to try to do any yeah. April Fool's kind of twists and stuff. At least it's going with a crazy fucking soap opera like twist after twist after twist. But nothing here works. And then what makes it even worse is we have another court hearing because what's better than a slasher film with one but two court two hearings? The same hearings. judge who looks equally bored <laughs> yeah. a year later. And then, and then he acquits the brother right. after his second charge of prankster murder. <laughs> and not only acquits him, gives him all the money. Yeah. Well, and then seems as the like brother you didn't drives do off, this. the brother drives off smiling. So it was his plan all along to kill his sister. How is this plan ever meant to work out that you end up with all the money? In a way that Josh uh, Henderson uh, is uh, the top build actor, so we want to make sure that he comes out on top. I don't know. Oh, it's so ending. bad. It's so bad. Cue to the, the cheapest punk rock song that they could possibly afford to yeah. put over the end credits. Which I tried to Shazam because I was like, this sounds familiar because it just sounds like an amalgamation of all like pop punk songs, right? So I, I just want it, but it didn't show up on Shazam. I was very upset. I had to no. explain about radio waves to Shannon yeah, and I about get why it. you can't Shazam off of a movie. Well, bullshit. Oh, is that how it works? I thought you could Shazam off you of a movie. You can't Shazam off of a, like a DVD or a, uh, something like that because it's a different type of frequency. Shazam can't pick that up. Really? I didn't know that. I always thought it was just through like the sound. You can't do it off of movies. Wow. I didn't know that. Weird. Incredibly, I presume you guys stayed for the end credits and saw the news report that runs throughout. Yeah, uh, still equally exciting byline underneath, like running ticker. Yeah, the ticker is better than anything. Great. I didn't listen to any of the other parts because it was stupid. Um, I tried again to look up anything about this film. The only, <laughs> the only bit of trivia that I wanted to say at the end here: the costume department gave the female leads each a color that would dominate their costumes and set the tones for their characters. Can you imagine thinking of such a thing? Mm. Desiree dresses in red as her character is determined and confident, but slightly vicious. Oh. Barbie dresses in pink as she relies heavily on her femininity and sexuality as a pageant queen. Torrent starts off with white as she is pure and innocent, and eventually she goes to black as she reveals herself to be the opposite. Uh, <coughs> I mean, it makes as- me even more sad that they put thought like that into this. <laughs> well, that's as like a the former costumer, the, no, but this I think like that's even insulting. The more effort that was put in it makes it more the, sad. The fact that someone was like, you know, it'd be really cool if we like signal her through her costume. She'll be white, and then what's what should we do when she goes evil? Let's do black. Yeah, it's such That'll like be cool. costume design. Like I, they probably hired an undergraduate intern in costume design. It's so dumb. <laughs> You're broken. Broken. Shannon, what I want to know though is, did it tick more boxes? Um, it did tick more boxes ish because we actually got some deaths here, right? So, and I there are a few that are a little bit questionable, but I checked off the slut dies because Blondie who dies in the is kind of set up to be that. Yeah, yeah. Human bicycle is the phrase they use. Right, and then someone dies in the midst of or or directly before sex, which is that whole scene with the roofie. The power goes out because of the scene in Barbie's dressing room with the flickering lights, and they have to go fix it. 
they run further into the house rather than outside to safety, which I just think is them going to every location they go to (laughs) (laughs) where there's a presumed killer. And then, of course, someone playfully scares someone else as a joke. So congratulations. It won on one front. But what we want to know is I'm sure everyone's very eager to know. Did it win on the other front as well? It's a nail biter, people. Know. Nail biter. Could go How you way. felt about both films. Uh, I feel I know how you felt about the second film, the remake. But I'm, so I guess I'm more interested in how you felt about the originals. And which is your vote? Is it the original or the remake? Let's start with Katie. <laughs> I was like, don't say my name. Don't say my name. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that I, I still... the My last line from my notes tells you how i feel about the second one which was fuck this fucking dumb movie i mean i feel like that's on the fence as far as if it's better than the original but i'm just gonna spoiler it up the original was definitely my favorite i there were definitely some pacing issues in the original for me um there was a couple of points where it just felt a bit vague and it needed a little bit more activity to be happening for it but overall I really liked what it was going for. It was doing something different. As I'll mention, there were some really cool choices made by directors and cinematographers. Uh, I thought the acting was about 57 times better in the original than it was in the remake. There was just a lot more personality and more authenticity to it. So 100% going for remake. Plus, 1986. Proud birth of myself. Shannon, what are your feelings? Because I believe before we started this podcast, your exact text to our group was, this could be short, guys, because I've got very little to say about either of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's literally no contest. The original is by far the superior film. It's as though the remake... I they just they were all sleeping like as we were recording this I keep yawning I keep like I'm falling asleep recording the stuff about the remake just because I found it's so fucking boring the original the characters are fun they're interesting I fucking love Chaz and all of his 80s glory with his suit coat and sunglasses and like 80s hair and Nikki the same way like there's it's fun it's enjoyable (laughs) yeah are there some like story issues and things like that in terms of you know Muffy going so hard into like crazy Buffy land and whatever sure and are they expected for 1986 right and 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 like are do i wish that i had more information about like the specific pranks that were put in each person's room yes but they didn't kill anyone on screen this is my fucking (laughs) favorite movie (laughs) this is it (laughs) guys it's exactly what i want except for the fact there weren't any boobs it's fun they're cracking like they started up with just jokes about how like yeah i fuck on the first date and there's lots of like your flies open your flies open jokes i'm into it it's fun (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you know dirty silly raunchy humor like it's no contest 100% like burn the fucking remake and just watch the original because it is 
so much more interesting. Well, I'm glad we gave you your absolute favorite horror film as well as your least favorite film right? ever made. All in one. In the same series. Like, that's Literally, pretty interesting. I, I cannot think of a movie I have ever watched that I think is worse than the remake of April Fool's Day. It is the worst movie. And I have watched movies that are intentionally, that are like The Room and Troll 2, like we talked about. They're at least enjoyable on some level. There is nothing enjoyable about this remake. Nothing. That makes me so happy. If if we've given you nothing else with this series, we've given you that gift. We found your low. Maybe that's it. The creators are pranking all of us because we actually fucking watched (laughs) this movie. At the end of the credits, is like April Fools. April you Fools, suck. you idiots! Why did you, you sit through this? We made a movie when instead we had a heaping pile of garbage that we lit <sighs> on fire, and you yeah. watched it. And it makes me so angry that these actors are all working actors right now. That makes me yeah, inc- and the directors incredible. I mean, granted, I'm sure that this movie is straight to DVD. They just buried it with their people, but like, ugh. So Maybe bad. it was an April Fool's Day on all the actors. Like, they hired them. We're going to make a movie. It's going to be great. And then at the end, they sh- they were all just like, April Fool's. We made yeah terrible, terrible film. But we're actually going to put it out now. I don't know. <laughs> if I were any of the actors in this movie, I would see if I could get my name removed from IMDb as being a part of it. Do you know what? I mean, again, I think we have to focus also on the directors because they're called the Butcher Brothers. Yeah. Neither of their last names is Butcher, by the way. <laughs> great. That make, that what they do is butcher film. Um, it's Great. just fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just, honestly, I'm really surprised and happy because from, again, I'm not watching these with you guys, so I don't know what the temperature is in the room. Mm-hmm. And I just get like little texts for our group texts until we get on this podcast. And I thought that you both had also hated the original. So mm. I was coming into this prepared for you both to be angry about two films in a row. No, it's um, just the really remake was so bad. I didn't hate the original. It wasn't a my vitriol. favorite, but I didn't hate no. it. No, I really, really, really still like the original film. Like it, the frustrations I have with it are because it could be one of the best. Um, if they found a better way to do the kills, if they just pulled back Muffy a little bit, and if they just gave a little bit more explanation to, yes, all of these pranks are tied in a little bit with people's secret past. I, I have no problem with having one slasher film where the twist is, oh, none of it really happened. I'm fine with that. I don't know if I need the last one with the jack-in-the-box or not, but whatever. But it's got a good little soundtrack when it happens. The score's good. The photography is far higher and more superiorly directed and DP'd than with most slasher films. And the actors here, even the ones you don't know, are doing things at a higher standard than they're normally in slasher films. I like the setting. I do think there's some good twists there. I even like it again if it had just been a twin sister. Like in a remake, it's like, yeah, do the film again, but then have the twist. It really is something to do with a twin sister or something. You know, like turn it into a real slasher film by the end. Um, or like you say, when it click, clicks over past April Fools, it's like, well, we're not fooling anymore. Um, I really enjoy it. It's not perfect, but I do think it's a, a, little, a real slasher gem. And I separate these movies. Like as we're going through, I sort of grade stuff. And so I know where we're going to get for the wrap up. And I have three brackets, which include the 80s slasher remakes that I've already covered in previous Weird Geeks Horror Show podcasts. I have Recommendable, then I've got Watchable, and then I have Terrible. Uh The three bulls. Yeah, and April Fool's Day, the original, definitely in the Recommendable pile. Um, It's not just Watchable. I, I recommend this movie. 
April Fool's Day, the remake, is immediately right at the bottom. I mean, people go back, listen to how angry I was with The Fog, listen to how angry I was with Prom Night, listen to how bits of Sorority Row, I was angry. April Fool's Day, straight to the bottom without even thinking about yeah. it. Don't even need to consider it because yeah. there's just no aptitude in any aspect. Yeah. At least in some of those others, you can be like, well, this is a terrible waste of money and resources, but there are skilled technicians behind things. There's nothing skilled going there's on nothing in any There's nothing like regard. that you need to know about it like there there's no redeeming quality no no there's nothing no. it doesn't tell it's you an mostly, interesting story it doesn't add anything it's just terrible acting no every aspect is terrible it's the awful. editing the directing the acting the scripts it's in focus most of the time but it's only because they don't open the aperture wide enough to challenge focus so everything looks flat the color saturation is horrible like it's just a ghastly, ghastly movie. And like, all I kept thinking while I was watching it was how much my mom would enjoy it. <laughs> because it's uh, available to just for my mom to watch it. Because it, yeah. it, to me, it just played out like a really dumb soap opera. It's, it's like a late it's night Dynasty. episode of Days of Our Lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And not in a fun way. Please don't seek it out. Please don't do what I did where we've given money to this production. Yeah. This is not enjoyable even with friends and drinks there are yeah. way other oh there's not enough movies. alcohol in the world to make this movie interesting strong 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 avoid so there we go guys another week and i think originals have won every single week there's only one week where it came well a little close i was yeah. going either way with silent night deadly night and sorority row is that the one yeah where it very nearly i had the deciding vote between you two on that yeah. one yeah um, but original has won every week so far. Next week is our final week. I know Shannon's very sad. <laughs> just to move on with her life from Slash. I don't know. Films. If Al keeps doing research, he might just keep adding them on <laughs> to just, yeah, just torture you. Ah, someone shut off his internet. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be covering Stage Fright and you remake Stage Fright. Now, Stage Fright, it's, this is going to be a great one to go out on for many reasons. And two are that stage fright is actually directed by an italian director the original is uh, from sort of the giallo movement so we'll get to talk a little bit more about that and i do think it's nice we at least nod like tip the hat to that because it was such a integral reason for why we have slashes but it is in english and then the remake is yeah a musical uh, which will be is the right way to go out and something that shannon if she's going to enjoy a slasher on other terms than just boobs (laughs) boobs <laughs> and a musical is the best chance she's got i i so agree i'm out. excited for this one i'm concerned about the get... first one because like italian director that like gives me red flags uh but the remake as a musical makes my heart sore maybe you'll get musical boobs oh my god just dancing tits that's what i want <laughs> you should be excited uh try not to do any research you should be excited for the mask in the original but We'll get there when we get there. Until then, please do go to iTunes, <laughs> type the weird geeks, <laughs> Terrifying. subscribe and rate us. It makes a big difference. Uh, we're a production company run out of London, LA, and Tokyo called We Are Tessellate. We just put out our first feature film called Starfish. So if you want to make a podcast and say terrible things about our movie, go to starfishmixtape.com where you can look up where we're playing on the theatrical tour. Right now, when this podcast is going up, I'm afraid we are edging towards the end, but you can still catch us more on the west coast let me just double check those dates when's this this is then and this is then yeah you got like another two weeks that you can catch up so go to selfishmixtape.com find us come and meet us a whole bunch of us are going to be there probably if you um, come to the one in Ali's, la you might get to meet all three of us Whoa! am i gonna meet 
triple everybody from the weird geeks and even on the road ali's going to be there for some road things christina might be there for some alex has even said he might fly out for a date or two oh wow katie might be there who knows so come say hello you're gonna get tell us you love the april fool's day remake and you hate our film um, because that's because there's someone out there that's that's the world we live in who loves if this anyone movie. out there has that opinion they should literally be murdered <laughs> oh my god i'm okay with this i'm okay you're with worried this. about your you're worried about your birthday getting out there yeah i am worried <laughs> you're, about just about you're just threatening people yeah i i, I mean i don't disagree yeah they i feel like if that is if that is your taste in movies like we're done they should they should have an allergic reaction to a roofie and then fall off a balcony while being filmed by by rich people yep 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 <laughs> that's the i'm not afraid to say deserve. that publicly <laughs> uh i love all of you for listening we really appreciate it if you're you gonna made get it raped this by a wizard that's what's gonna happen to you <laughs> but honestly bet that line is fucking fantastic it's really good if yeah. i was still like 19 or 20 i'd be quoting that line all the time yeah. well the fact that he does the thumbs up and the what is it the thumbs up and the, the thumbs okay up and the a-okay oh, the a-okay at the same time oh my god oh, boy. if you want to see the faces that shannon pulls when she's watching slasher films and she occasionally might post stuff on insta stories or on twitter you can follow her by typing in something shannon hollander it's very easy there it is yeah i should pose no, i need to take one of you in your blanket fort with your <laughs> hands covering your eyes because i feel that should be yeah, the one that people. And then we know have to get you. you and Alex to watch horror films together, oh so that God. you can both be. He can be hiding in his hoodie, and you can be hiding in your blanket yeah. for, and it'll be perfect. Great. Just Katie, crying. Where can people see how blasé you watch horror films? <laughs> well, I laugh at Shannon and take pictures of her right. hiding. Um, my dearest Watson on most stuff, and then my dear Watson eighty six on Xbox. If you want to play some games, can co op on something. And I. Um, Mr. Al White on all the social medias as well as on the Xbox. Um, thank you again for listening. We do appreciate it. We'll be back next Friday with our final episode, Stage Fright, before the wrap up the week after. And we're out. Prom night. Geeks. Prom night. Geeks. Geeks.